what's up, folks? Thanks for listening, downloading, subscribing, sharing, and all that other good stuff. This is the Live Life Wrestling Show. Sincere Hogan, that's me. Got Mike Mahler on the other line. Another great day, man. Another good show right here. Got a good friend that has returned, and we haven't talked to him in a while. And um, it's, it's going to be really good to catch up and see what he's been up to since the last yeah. time we had him on the show, man. Yeah, great guy. He's doing a lot of positive things, so we're going to get to him in a minute. Before we do that, I wanted to congratulate some of our VIPs who are using that coupon code LLA to get 10% off the best nutrition supplements around and support the show. We have Robert Dietz, Daniel Walkenhorst, Chris McLeod, Justin Salters, Stanford Lee, Ben Martinez, Scott Watson, Tom Asher, Zach Mann, and Steve Costello out of Australia. They're all using that coupon code LLA to get 10% off. And a ton of people are excited about my new supplement, Red. And Mm -hmm. I've gotten hundreds of orders since I sent out an email blast yesterday. So people are really excited about this. It's funny because – the tagline is, are you tired of being tired all the time? Are you relying on stimulants? <laughs> Apparently, a lot of people are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw that uh, email. I was like, yep, that gets right to the point. I can just imagine, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, then you read the ad copy, you realize real fast, hey. He's, he's talking, talking about me. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about me. When I was writing the ad copy, I was like, people, this is going to resonate with a lot of folks. Right. But anyway, you have a bottle on the way, Sincere, so you should have that in a few days. Awesome. Stuff is awesome, man. I took two caps before I went sprinting yesterday, and obviously I've used the product before. I'm the one who designed it, but it's been a while because I used it early last year, and then I figured out the formula, put it into production, and then it took forever. So I've been waiting anxiously myself to get back on it. So anyway, I took two caps yesterday before sprinting and just crushed it, man. I felt great. And it gives you a nice, subtle energy. So anyone who's expecting like a stimulant-type energy or the equivalent of a strong cup of coffee or an energy drink or something like that, you're going to be sorely disappointed because the whole point is that this is a stimulant-free energy energy source. It's giving you real energy. So anyway, it's loaded with four really good ingredients. One's called Shilajit. One is called Rhodiola. We've got maca in there, and it's a 20-to-1 extract of maca. So this isn't like the maca you may have tried before. If, if you're a fan of just plain old maca powder, you're going to love the maca that's in this because it's 20 times as potent as wow. that. And then we have ashwagandha, which is a highly potent extract called sensorol, which is also in my testosterone booster. Mm-hmm. The shilajit's called Primavi. This is another patented extract. And then the rhodiola is the exact extract that was used in all the studies that – emphasize the benefits of it so anyway go over to mikemahler.com check out all the information on red pick up a few bottles and use that coupon code lla you get 10 percent off of that as well man that's that's pretty freaking exciting right there especially when you said that you used it right before sprints and you know daylight savings time is around the corner so that means yeah gonna be a lot more running in the daytime you know it's a little gets a little suspect when you're running fast as you can in the middle of the night man people are like what the hell is going on (laughs) (laughs) oh should i be running too what's what's happening so so yeah yeah, that's gonna be really cool man so looking forward to receiving that man and also um also want to say a big shout out to all our vips that are over also on uh patreon so look here folks head over to patreon.com p-a-t T-R-E-O-N dot com slash LLA podcast. Become a monthly supporter of the show. And that little box where you see the one right there, start off with five dollars, man. That's that's a good way to start off. You want to add more? Go for it. And that helps us keep the show going and growing. And hey, man, and continues to help us to keep bringing good guests on the show, great guests on the show, as well as continue to bring great information on the show as well. So we truly appreciate all our current Patreon supporters. And now we're just looking for the rest of you guys. Hop on board and become one as well. All right, so let's do it, man. Yeah, we've got our good friend Ted Rice back on the show. And Ted was on a while back, 
and in my opinion, was the most powerful episode yes. of the series. <laughs> and him and James Pond have been really the most powerful guests, and then Melia Kaplan as well. But what was interesting about Ted's story and what made it unique is how personal the nature of it was. It was a really dark episode, but it was a very enlightening and uplifting episode as well. So I encourage you to check out that episode if you haven't heard the last time Ted was on. This time around, though, we're going to go in a different direction. We're going to talk about – because Ted is actually also a very well – he's actually a very high-level trainer as well. So we're going to talk some training. He's also very good at motivating people to bring out their best potential. So we're going to talk about that as well. But anyway, without further ado, Ted, how are you doing today, man? Oh, doing great. Really happy to be back on the show. It's been a couple years and a lot has happened since I was on. So just yeah, uh, yeah. excited, we're, we're, guys. We're still here doing the show. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought of that? <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I'm a fan of the show and I can't wait to try that that product that you just put out. The rhodiola, I've used rhodiola before. I was impressed with it. Well, make, but, make sure uh, you go buy a bottle, Ted, because I'm not giving you one for free, buddy, in case you're hinting on that. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm, 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 just, I'm, just, no, I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. But it's funny because I'll get like people that are – I mean you're a friend, but I'll get people that are kind of acquaintances. They're like, oh, hey, man, this stuff looks great. You know, I, I really look forward to trying it as, as, as soon as possible. Hint, hint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Not, not, not. I, was, I, was, I was like, great, man. If you go buy it today, it'll be there before the end of the week. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, yeah, it's, uh, you know, can't wait to try it. By the way, here's my address in case you ever wondered like where I lived. Yeah, yeah. You know? no, but rhodiola is good stuff, but it's the com- it's the synergy between the four that I think people are going to find really exciting. And sometimes, sometimes some of the products out there have too much rhodiola, where it actually has a stimulatory type effect, which in my opinion is counterproductive. Because if you if you take too much of any herb that improves adrenal health, it can actually cause some level of anxiety. So you really have to get the dosing right, and then you have to mix things together that make perfect sense. But anyway, people can read all about it on my website. Very detailed information there. Yeah. Can't wait to try that out. Huge fan of supplements. Huge fan of you. And uh, yeah, and Bulletproof Coffee, too. <laughs> yeah, but we heard you take it, not transdermally, but... <laughs> Transanally. What's the yeah, yeah, exactly. What's what's the other methodology for? It? <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's funny how you call people out, and I, I appreciate that as well. There's a well, lot well, of people. The thing in about the bulletproof coffee is people always say, "Oh, I love it because it gives me so much energy." I was like, "You're not getting any energy from caffeine." I'm not saying don't drink coffee. Coffee has a lot of health benefits to it, and I I enjoy coffee as well. But I don't I don't look at caffeine as a legitimate source of energy. It's just the illusion of energy. It's like saying that, "Oh, I have twenty thousand dollar limit on my credit card," which means I have twenty thousand bucks to spend. It's like no, <laughs> if you don't if you don't have twenty thousand dollars to cover that, you're going into debt. Just like if you drink too much caffeine, you're going to go into an energy deficit, and then you're just going to be tired more and more. So people that rely on caffeine, what happens is that you're tired today, so you drink caffeine. Well, guess what? Now you're going to be even more tired tomorrow than you would have been if you didn't have it. So then you do it again. Now you're even more tired. So you're just creating this energy deficit, and you eventually get to the point where. You don't drink. You don't. You don't feel anything off coffee. I mean, well, I know people you, drink. I know people tired. drink a pot. Yeah, I know people drink a <laughs> pot of coffee and then they go to sleep. Yeah, because even when I work for Red Bull, I'm, people are like, yeah, man, I drink Red Bulls and I get sleepy. I'm like, well, my friend, <laughs> that's <laughs> a bad sign. <laughs> There's this thing yeah. called adrenal fatigue. <laughs> you are the poster boy for that. Yeah, you're getting sleepy because you're making your adrenals even more tired. So now they, <laughs> you can't. You can't even get the cortisol increase, which is one of the mechanisms that you know, coffee right. gives you that that kind of. Uh, fight or flight type energy. But anyway, you know, we could go on that forever, but hey, 
no more mention of bulletproof, man, or we're going to cut you off the show here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a banned word on the show. You can, you can drop F-bombs here. I can, can take you this much. Let me say this. Your invitation to come back on the show is not necessarily bulletproof, buddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Proceed with caution yeah. on those plugs, okay? If you don't provide some yeah. good content now, you're, it's definitely not going to be bulletproof. <laughs> I love it. Well, I was just letting you know that I'm a fan of the show. I listen, and I, I appreciate the humor and the uh, calling out that you guys do, you know, someone's got to do it. And you guys, you guys aren't afraid to do it. I really appreciated what you did with uh, the jungle gym and the TRX. And yeah, people need to know about that. And what I like about what you're saying, and even about how you plug the supplements and what you do, Mike, is that we need and, and you too, sincere is we need to support businesses that are actually making a difference and not trying to just go off their network, which is why so many people are so popular today. It's because yeah. they've got this big network. It's not that they're bringing the value. They're not bringing like the life changing information. And as my podcast has gotten more popular and I'm thinking, well, you know, but this guy over here, it, it, you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to call anybody out, but some of them are just really more marketing than um than value and they're more popular and it's because they've built up this great network so we've got to support the people who are doing the right thing and that's what i love about you guys well i appreciate that man a lot of people just chase ratings too so like what like you said they've developed this network of oh you have big numbers even whether i'm a fan of you or not come on my show because that'll help me and then oh i've got big numbers so i'll come on your show then it's a lot of this back scratching type mentality where i think i think the, what you should do with the podcast is ask yourself, what are you genuinely interested in? Who are you genuinely interested in? And get those people, irrespective of whether it's going to be a super high download episode or not. Yeah, or I the, agree, man. Or, or the one thing I love is when I get these emails from other podcasters, like, "Hey, man, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I think, you know, um, I, I would love to give you a review, you know, and just ask you to give me a review as well, and we, we <laughs> yeah. can do that to help build uh, each other's show." I'm like, I said, well, first of all, I've never listened to your damn show, so why would I give you a review? <laughs> okay, so wh- how can I review something I don't listen to, and I don't want to just go and listen to one episode just so I can say, "Okay, listen, to that. this is not bad." I don't know that. How many? If you got like, tw- <laughs> if you have 50 episodes and I listen to one, those other 49 could suck major ass. And guess what? On the flip side of that the same we're like about 166 episodes in you listen to one guess what the other 165 could have sucked major ass and you're talking about like i love these guys listen to them all the time i love what they talk about five stars really which which episode did you like the most oh man i love them all man i just can't pick just one i, I said how, <laughs> I very, have, uh, how very donald trump of you with that? Uh, like, i love I them all five They're episode, fantastic. i think you should have a five episode policy right like i'll listen to i have to listen to at least five episodes hey, of a show yeah. before i'll leave a review i like that Absolutely. And what we need. Yeah. Yeah. What we need is more reality, uh, you know, more authenticity. And yeah, well, we're leading the way, right? Well, we are, Ted. (laughs) (laughs) Awkward pause. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just messing with you. So, I mean, you've got, you've been working on some really interesting projects these days. So what's, what's been going on with you? Oh, man, you know, so much has changed. The podcast, as cliche and cheesy as it sounds, has literally changed my life. That's Uh, great. You know, I was was on your show, and you guys just, uh, you know, because of your connection with the listeners and the the great job that you do, despite all the F-bombs and the the joking around, which uh, I appreciate as well. But, 
you guys make a real connection. And I had people reach out to me afterward. Um, I've been a lot of, uh, episodes since then, a lot of uh, other podcasts since then. Uh, man, I've got my first keynote speech coming up in April. It's on why taking smart risks uh, improves your happiness and success. Right. And I'm doing a sleep talk at Men's Style Con, which is Aaron Marino. He's mm. got a big YouTube channel. And I'm doing a sleep talk. Uh, it's called Five Reasons Why Sleep Deprivation is Killing Your Success. And, uh, man, you know, just big things are happening in 2016. I also <laughs> did my, uh, Grover. <laughs> yeah. I also did my, uh, be the change movement where we're helping people to take more action in their lives. Too many people, like we were talking about earlier, they don't, they don't do anything. Maybe they listen to a podcast episode and they feel inspired, then they get out of their car, finish their workout and then go back to their routine or they're losing themselves in Netflix, you know, Netflix episode after episode or video games or whatever it is. And we've got to get out there and get more people taking control of their life, taking action in their life, because uh, I don't know about you guys, but I don't think any of those political candidates that we have in the U.S. are going to – I don't care what you think about any of them, arguing about them, and it doesn't even matter who gets elected. That's not going to be the thing that changes. We'll all wake up after Election Day and have to get up off our asses and do something to change our lives. Yeah, most everybody's going to wake up after Election Day and have buyer's remorse for whoever they voted for. <laughs> you know, that's the thing about it because, you know, it's just like, oh, they, they should have lemon laws on politicians. But <laughs> my thing is, it's, it's like at the end of the day, you have to start with yourself and and not worry about what these guys. My thing is, if you're so if you're more in tune to doing what you need to do and knowing what you want and actually doing it and taking action, you could give two rats asses about who's running for what and who they, and what they stand for, or at least what you think they stand for. And then if they don't do exactly what you thought they were going to do, you won't be disappointed because, well, you know what? At the end of the day, I'm still handling my own. And I think that's the one thing that we veered from as, as, it, as, as in this society over here in the West, you know, we've, we've really stopped being dependent upon ourselves and one of that. We're that, spectators. Yeah. Right? Well, it, well we love, spectators. we love entertainment. We love entertainment. Let's just be honest. Yeah. This whole political thing is entertainment and we love to be entertained. We love to be entertained. We love the back, the bickering back and forth, the arguing back and forth. And cause you know what? Once again, like any reality show, for the most part, you watch it so you can say to yourself, huh, well, at least my life doesn't suck as bad as these guys. I thought my life was bad. It's not that bad or it could be worse. I could be as pissed off as this dude right here or the fact is you feel like this person's speaking for you because you've been holding things in for so long and they're like yeah he speaks my language this guy he he talks for me he says what i want to say so right there you should say to yourself like why is that why don't you just go ahead and say what you want to say anyway why are you worrying about the consequences and putting it off on someone else so i think that's one of the biggest things so yeah just taking charge of your life man and just again all this other stuff won't even matter to you it's just like you're saying you just kind of look at it shrug keep moving and that's mostly what most successful people do. They they don't even notice half these things. You ask them some things about just pop culture. They're looking at you like, what are you talking about? Who is that? <laughs> I don't even I've never heard of this person. They're not just being assholes. It's just they're too busy making things happen to even know and care about these things. So, you know, why not? I think, I think the real problem, though, is that why, why does anyone need someone to come along and tell them <laughs> to take charge of their life? <laughs> right. shouldn't, shouldn't that as a grown man or woman, shouldn't that be something you care about? Exactly. Here's the thing. You, you I agree with that, Mike. But. Here's the way I look at it. Unless you grew up and had 
high performance parents who said, hey, listen, this is how you go through life. Sure, you can get an education, but you need these life skills. You need to be able to communicate with people so you can share your message. You can get people to support you in whatever you do. Unless you had someone, either your parents, a mentor, someone stepping up and helping you through life, then you have to find it out on your own. And you did, Sincere, you did, Mike, I did, but it was a long, arduous quest. And I fell into personal development because my life sucked so bad in my 20s. And you guys know my story. And if you're listening right now, uh, I've had a lot of tragedy. I lost my mom at 14, sent me down a bad road in high school, barely got through it. My brother was kidnapped and murdered when I was 19. And I've had things continue to change, uh, you know, more tragedies. Uh, you know, I ended up losing my sister and nobody was there to say, well, Ted, that sucks. Your external circumstances suck. And yeah. you know what? You can't do mm. anything to change what has happened. But you know what, Ted? You can start to reframe the way you look at things. You can lo- mm. start to look at this these negative things as an opportunity to do something better for yourself and better for other people. And you can start to, you know, uh, starting to fill in the gaps that I was trying to fill in through drugs, through, you know, women and through all the other things that I tried that ultimately left me unfulfilled. But Mike, you know, who's around those, those gaps and some of those gaps may be fun, but it's not going to (laughs) be, it's temporary. It's temporary. It's like cocaine. Yeah. Sorry, man. You left, you left that, you left that there for me. I couldn't, I couldn't let that opportunity go right by. No, but what were, what were some of the, (laughs) what were some of the positive steps you started making? When you when you in got this inf- when you got this when you got this information when someone said hey when someone said came along and said exactly what you just went over what were some of the first steps you took? Yeah, you know people ask me that a lot, Mike, and there wasn't anything where I was like, well, I need to take some steps to get in control of my life. <laughs> it it yeah. just happened, you know, it happened serendipitously. Right. But as I look back, one of the things that really stopped me from having the type of life that I wanted and I'm still working on it. I don't want to give the impression that I'm more successful or more happy or more anything than I actually am. Yeah. But was what sincere said earlier, what you said about people feeling like, you know, let's just say who it is. Donald Trump is speaking for you because you're unable to say things in your life. And that ability to communicate with other people, to connect with other people in an authentic way was, was key to that because now I'm here, I'm being myself, I'm, I'm spreading my word, I'm, I'm tr- helping people and I get a lot of feedback about it, but I could have been doing that a long time ago, but I was too introverted. I was too scared. I was, uh, you know, I, I didn't want people to dislike me any more than I felt people already did. And, um, you know, because I was a very shy, introverted guy until I got to know people better. And that was huge. So was doing martial arts and the going through the whole process of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. That was one of the things that if I hadn't done that, if I hadn't started, even though I trained martial arts back in my teenage days, starting around 16, it wasn't until I started training Brazilian jiu-jitsu when I was about 25, 26, where I got, I, I got, I really lucked out. It was really just, uh, pure, uh, pure awesome coincidence that I got this guy, George Pereira, 
who I started training with. And unbeknownst to me, George was very well known uh, by the Gracie family. He's a Hicks and Gracie black belt who's like a legend in uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu in case uh, you're listening and you don't know who that is. And he, although he may, he's not like the number one guy in the world when it comes to techniques and he's not winning Abu Dhabi, but he instilled a sense of like, listen, you're going to go into this tournament. You're going to get whatever's going to happen is going to happen and you're going to live through it. You need to step up and need to test yourself because just going to class is just not enough. You need to test yourself. And I went, the first tournament I showed up to, I was scared out of my mind. I'd only been doing jujitsu for six months. And as I was walking in, there was a brown belt, Gracie, uh, one of the, a brown belt from one of the Gracie schools and a very famous grappler here in South Florida named Enrico Coco. And Enrico just snapped the brown belts leg and what's called a heel hook was which is this twisting knee lock and i was like holy fuck what have i got myself into i was i I went on to do okay i i uh really gassed out bad i ended up getting third place but going through that fight going through that struggle set me up for understanding that i could get anything get go through anything else in my life whether it's building a business or or doing whatever but had i not had that experience and people who are listening who don't have that experience and haven't gone through the military or some elite training uh that helps you step up in your life and makes you a more high performance person Mm -hmm. you know that i would have never gone on to do any of the things that i'm doing now yeah no, that's actually a quick segue here. Since you're, we're all big MMA fans. What do you think about this Nick, this Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor fight happening this Saturday? Oh man, you know, I'll be honest. I stopped watching MMA regularly when I stopped competing in jujitsu. Oh, okay. And, uh, mm-hmm. But I, I do. You know what? I'll, I'll I'll say that I like Conor McGregor. He has been the first person in a long time that has gotten me excited about MMA. And he's he's talked smack, but he backs it up. And Nate Diaz has been around for as long as I've been in jiu-jitsu. He was he was uh doing MMA, you know, when when I first started. So right, right. I don't think he's gonna I think he has a chance to win because he's always dangerous, but uh, I think Connor's just at his peak right now, mentally, <laughs> physically. So I, I may actually get to see that one. Yeah, it's just one thing that Connor's bringing to the table, man. It's just he's kind of taking it on from another aspect of where John Jones was going, where you just kind of really save. Now, one thing about John, not taking anything away from Connor. Now, John's a very gifted athlete, but he's also one of those guys that really has this belief system. You know, leading up to him becoming a champion, you, you can see that, that belief that John had in himself. You know, and I think it also helps when you have the right people around you who don't just blow smoke up your ass, but they actually believe in what you can do, but at the same time give you room to use that potential that you have and manifest that and, and not just try to push you in directions where they need you to go, but just have you have the tools you already have and just make better use of them, be better efficient with them. And so what's happening now, you know, in John's absence, 
along comes Connor. Cause let's just be honest, you know, this, this, this blow up of Connor's hack happened in the absence of John Jones right now. Yeah. So now you've had someone else come here with that same belief system. Just like, Hey man, just really, I see this. I, I focus on that. I don't take my mind off of it. He obsesses over that to a point, but not to the point where it's very neurotic and just, Oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. Got to do this. Just like, man, I can really see myself in this position as this person, as a champion in this position, you know, going in with my opponent like this, starting to feel it. And before, man, let's just be honest, you know, up until, let's just say a few, you know, before the last decade, just any talk like that was hokey to most people, you know, before sure. in a, in a pre secret world. Okay. Before that book came <laughs> out, you know, when you even mentioned anything like this, everybody's like, dude, if you don't get out of here with that fairy tale crap and you know, all the hippie, hippie, you know, you know, sitting in the Lotus position BS that you're talking like, come on, man, I'm not a Buddhist, man. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, well, it's not a necessarily Buddhism, man, you know, but that's the first thing everybody associated with and thought you had to be this guy that was trying to levitate or something like that. Or you had to smoke some damn good pot to even think that way. That's what you're thinking. But now more and more people, you know, when you start, talking you say something about a vision board to someone now or something like that it's not as such a strange thing to quite a few people as it was before you know but but the thing is yeah you got that vision board but you know the next thing is now that you've seen it now that you know what you want now you got to take action and i think the key element that's missing with so many people is knowing what the hell they want and that's what's really making guys like john and and, and connor you know, that's what was making them very successful. They are, they absolutely positively know what they want. Not taking away from any other fighters out to say, well, I want to be champion. Sometimes you can just hear in their voice, you know, I'm just going to keep going up the, up the ladder and, you know, I'm going to get that championship one day. You don't hear the conviction in their voice when they say that. It almost sounds like they don't believe it. So why the hell should I believe it? <laughs> but well, one thing that's interesting about Connor is like, like I always say, don't talk about what you're going to do. Just go do it. Then talk about it. Well, Connor <laughs> has the opposite philosophy. He goes, he goes, talk about what you're going to do. Right. And, and you'll do it. And then, and that's an interesting twist on things is that, but, but, but in my experience, when a lot of people talk about stuff, they never fucking get it done. You know how many no. people I've met in the fitness business who are like, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And they don't do jack shit. I remember when I took Pavel Sotsalin's course in 2002, right? It was the first kettlebell certification I went to. Mm-hmm. And I, I was excited. I was like, man, I'm going to go do all these things. I didn't talk a whole lot about, it, but I just had these ideas in my head and everyone else had ideas too. Guess what? Guess how many of those people went on to do all a lot all that stuff? None of them. Otherwise, we would know who these people are now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, because it's easy to talk about shit. But like our our friend Blasco said, the basis for Ozzy Osbourne, execution is everything. Right. Yeah. Talk about yeah. stuff so, all day long. That's easy. Execution is the hard part. Whatever it is, execution is tough. I think it's a little bit of, you know, on both sides of, of the coin, though, because, you know, even we've noticed like, even in the fitness business when you're working with clients and, you know, you've you've seen that old adage where, you know, pretty much put it out there what you're going to do. And therefore, when you put out there, you, you're being transparent. It pretty much motivates you to stay on stay on course. So you're going to sit there like, hey, you know, I'm going to this is my goal and putting your goals out there and well, sharing I mean, it. That was the whole point of that episode we did with Lee. That's why yeah. I wanted all three of us to talk about what are our, what are our, what are our goals for this year? Right. And I wanted to have Lee. I wanted that. I thought it would be interesting to have Lee as the first guest of 2016, and then as the last guest of 2016. Right. So we can all say, hey, here's what we said in January. Who did anything? Exactly. <laughs> where, 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 how, how far, how, but you know, to tell you the truth, I, I'm, I have an extra level of motivation now for training because yeah. I don't want to come on that episode <laughs> and, and say, well, I know I said I was going to press double A's 15 <laughs> times. I got up to eight. But, uh, <laughs> well, I'll tell you something. I'll, I'll there's actually, 
Yeah, there's there's actually research that shows that. And I understand what you said, Mike, about people who talk and don't execute. And there's certainly a lot of that. But there is actually research and I don't make all my decisions in my life just because there's some research done. But uh, Dr. Gail Matthews of Dominican University in uh, California did some research because there was another saying out there, another like myth going around that turned out to be an urban legend about all these people who wrote down their goals and then went on to achieve them. But she went on to do some real research and found that three things mattered. And this is what is the basis of the Be the Change movement, which you two have uh, helped support, is that when you write down your goals, when you do publicly announce them, and when you have accountability, it helps you achieve them. And I think that third part is what so many people lack because where do you find – people who are as motivated as you and who actually care about you succeeding instead of feeling threatened because you're trying to change the relationship that you have with yourself, with other people, with your place in the world. A lot of people will pull you back down, not intentionally, not consciously, sometimes. A lot, lot, a lot, of, a lot of times. <laughs> a lot of that's, times. Well, that's, well yeah. that's why it's so important to surround yourself with winners because yeah. if, you're one, if you have seven friends and they're all losers, the probability of you joining the club is pretty high. <laughs> that number eight position has your name on it, buddy. You, you want to talk to people where like every time you talk to them, they've got a lot of stuff going on. Like You mentioned Tim Larkin, a good friend of all of ours. Yeah. And I meet up – Tim lives out here in Vegas, so I've been good friends with him for a long time. We meet up all the time. Whenever I meet Tim, he's always very excited about whatever he's doing, and he always has something new going on. And guess what? So do I. So we kind of feed off each other's enthusiasm. And he always talks about how he loves meeting up with me and same thing with me meeting up with him because I don't meet a lot of people in person that are take charge people making shit happen. And it's really important yeah. to have those people. And if you don't know them, then, then it's important to listen to your show, Ted and our show, listen to podcasts where you're hearing these people. So, you know, they exist out there right. and you're drawing, you're drawing some fire from that. Well, this is the new media We're we're the alternative doom and gloom. Here's some street crime. Here's some, you know, here's, some bullshit that happened in another city that you've probably never been to or will never go to that has absolutely nothing to do with your life and what you need to do that day, but you're watching it. It's affecting you emotionally. And, uh, yeah, this is the alternative. We're yeah. trying to raise people up. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, that people, support. people can listen to your show, Ted, and learn how to get more tail than a toilet seat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh man <laughs> i did have a few episodes like that you know that's an interesting discussion because when i started back <laughs> no you know what you know what all joking aside i uh, never I, said that though Mark. no 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 not, not, exactly. not those, not those I don't know. <laughs> that's a good tagline man. A good it would have been a, it would have been a higher download episode <laughs> <laughs> because you know that line's going in our show notes. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just giving sincere some interesting stuff to write down for the show notes. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is an important topic because that's something that a lot of a lot of men have a hard time with. You know, even uh, it's not something that's just uh, relegated to teenagers where you're awkward. Sometimes you get into your 20s, 30s, and, and you're still awkward in that. But it, but but my opinion on that is. Uh, confidence attracts what you want, right? So if, if you're achieving what you want to do in life, then you're going to attract the kind of people, whether it's a someone you want to date or people you want to be friends with. 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, you guys still there? Yeah, I'm right here. Go ahead. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, I totally agree with that. And uh, that was really the message behind all those things, trying to help guys improve with uh, women. But, you know, we took a different direction. I'll tell you, as you start putting yourself out there, even though I listen to uh, Mike's how to make six figures in a down economy uh, training course like eight times or 20 times, probably more like 20, 15, 20 times. <laughs> and you talked about like really narrowing down your niche for the SEO purposes and only being known for like two or three things. I had to go out there. I had to figure out what I wanted, what I was really about. And it's right. been this process for two years because at first I didn't want to be another exercise guy talking about rep sets, periodization and all that shit. I, right. Now I've kind of come full circle and I'm talking about a lot of things because I feel like I've found my voice. But, uh, man, you know, if you would have told me that back then, I might have been like, I don't know what to do, man. You know? Well, you know, the, the reality is we always know what to do. It's just we don't know if it's going to work. Exactly. So we, off, we need validation. Off, yeah. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, I wanted to get into the fitness business for a long time. So, so I knew I wanted to do that. I just didn't see a, a gateway. A unique selling point. And then when I started using kettlebells, bam, it clicked. I'm like, okay, this is it. This is my ticket. And not because I felt kettlebells were the most marketable thing. It was just something I was excited about. It was new and no one else was doing it. So all the chips aligned in a way that made sense for this to be my focus. So often, often we, when someone says, I don't know what I want to do, they know what they want to do. They, they just don't want to verbalize it because in their mind, they think they're going to get laughed at or they don't think it's going to work. Or, you know, yeah, the thing that I, I noticed, man, is just people know what they want to do. But the one key element that's scaring them to death and that they're leaving out is that, okay, here's the thing. Yeah, there may be 10 other guys doing it, maybe 100 other guys doing it. But one thing that you always remember, you're the only guy that can do it the way that you do it. And so don't sell yourself short. And there's going to be people that resonate with how right. you do it, like our show specifically. Hey, we're not the only podcast to talk about the things that we talk about, but we talk about it the way we talk about it. And therefore, we don't have to worry about what other podcasts are doing. And they can try to copy and do whatever they want to like our show. It won't matter because they're not us. You know, and that's right. the thing about it. But guess what? I'm not worried about another podcast that I might like. I'm like, well, I don't want to listen to that show because, you know, I don't want to end up being like that guy. Well, I'm not because that guy does what he does because he's good at being who he is and i'm not him and i can make peace with that so therefore i have no issues with that i know a lot of people are like well i don't want to listen to other people's stuff because i don't want i don't want to sound just like them well if you know who the hell you are it won't happen <laughs> right it's, tell me that won't happen i can listen to a like a hundred podcasts pretty much on the same topic of what we're talking about i'm not worried about us doing replicating that show in fact if anything it's just going to help me to make sure we don't replicate that show i'm like wait you, may, already- you can be you can be influenced by style without duplicating right right like I, I like watching larry king a lot because larry is very good at getting to the point he doesn't go on and on and on when he asks questions he he knows how to interject words here and there to keep the things flowing it doesn't mean i'm copying his style but i like his efficiency of communication so right. that's something i look at and there's a few other people out there that that I like to watch as well. When you when you're doing a lot of times when you're doing a podcast, and I, I like to listen to each episode we do because I, I can catch myself if I'm being yeah. too verbose. Like sometimes you'll ask a question and then you just keep asking the question. It's like okay, you already asked the question. You don't have to keep asking it five different ways and then finally let the other person talk. Now I'm talking about myself here. So that's why it's good to, to pick up these different styles. But like you said, sincere, if you know if you know what you're all about. You're going to be influenced, but you're not going to be a carbon copy of that. It's not going to be some derivative. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you, I have a different perspective having gone through it. 
Um, it wasn't fear that was keeping me from finding my voice when I first started out. I conquered that in jujitsu and, and ever since those experiences, you know, whether I live, die, fight, whatever, I, you know, I'm okay with it. Even if there's some, some, uh, some apprehension, a little bit of fear, I'm okay with it. It wasn't stopping me, but I'll tell you, man, I was having such a hard time, like finding the connection between my story. Cause people were telling me like, Hey, you know, you got to talk more about uh, even you said this to me not not that long ago, Mike. Is you're you got to talk to, you got to talk about your story. You can help other families that have been through the same thing. And even Tim Larkin had said something to that effect. And I I knew that that would drag me down back to a dark state. Right. That I, I didn't want to go back to. But at the same time, I didn't want to be the fitness person either. And I finally kind of and and I'm putting I'm trying to put it into words. But it's like a feeling now, and it's the feeling that I go after, the feeling that this is right, the feeling that this is in line with what I truly want to do. And uh, once you, st- and, and I think it's hard to connect with that for some people, especially if you're a guy and you, you got issues with your emotions. I mean, this for me is a hell yes right now, being on with Mike Mahler and Sincere Hogan. It's no, no brainer. But some of the other things I, I had, I was, uh, it took me a while to get that, that I have to go for the feeling, go after the connection and everything else works out. Well, definitely, you know, and I think a lot of times when you kind of hung up and kind of stuck like, okay, man, which direction do I want to go in? I think one of the biggest ways to help yourself out is what is it that I'm interested in? What is the one thing that I obsess about? I can always think about. And what is the one thing I would want to talk about? If I just saw somebody, I met them at a party and we're having a conversation and, you know, what would be the thing that I would love to bring up in that conversation and love to share that information with? And I think that's a good way to start when you're thinking about those things and you're kind of hung up like, okay, where do I go with this? Well, that's, that, I always felt like that was a good way to start. Like, what gets you excited? Because one thing that we always talk about, if it gets you excited and someone can see that enthusiasm, that excitement in you, they're going to get excited, even if they don't even care about that. They've never done it a day in their life. Like, well, hell, hell, man, tell me more. You know, like, yeah. well, dude, it's obvious that you're very, and, you know what and, I used to and say. If, and if it doesn't get you excited, it doesn't matter <laughs> if you say all the right things. Exactly. People, people are going to feed off yeah. that. They're going to go, exactly. you know what, you're, you're saying everything right. But I just don't feel it's authentic. We kind of have that inner voice that lets us know when someone's given us some truth or just full of it. Exactly. Yeah, I hear that. So are we ever going to talk about training? Nobody asks me about exercise anymore. Well, hey, man. <laughs> they were like, hey, dude. I was like, man, I've been doing this well, for you, 17 you just, years. You just went on and on about how you don't want to be that training guy. Oh, <laughs> training know, guy. Right? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about training. <laughs> you don't want to be the guy who talks about reps and periodization and program design. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely up. right. Yeah, you know, it, it, and it's been this weird circle that I went in. And now I talk about it, but it's just not the only thing I talk about. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I interviewed Douglas Rushkoff the other day, an author who he's a media theorist and professor of digital economics. Mm. Uh, it just came out with a new book called Throw, Throwing Rocks at the Google Bus, which is about how our digital economy is exacerbating like some of the industrial revolution values that have kind of fucked things up in the world and kind of and, and how it's how the digitization of our uh, of our economy is kind of making things worse in some ways while it's letting guys like you and I 
start things that are really cool. And, and he was just, you know, so I'll, I'll have people like that on. And I, I read Doug's books like 15 years ago when I was in a really like radical, crazy state of mind, very angry, very anti-establishment. And uh, I think he's the guy who coined uh, like uh, media virus or or viral media before mm-hmm. anybody else did. And, uh, you know, it, that's because I connect with his message and it was really cool. By the way, he works out. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about training, too. But uh, yeah, man, but I have done I've done personal training for 17 years and I've worked with a lot of cool people. And I say that health and fitness is the foundation for success in all of your life, in every no area. Yeah. And uh, that's why so many people, I think, are not feeling as energetic. They're not feeling as confident in going after it is because they stay up all, all night. They don't get sleep. They don't get exercise. They eat too many food, too much food, or they eat the wrong types of foods. I mean, you know, I'm preaching to the choir with you guys. Well, I mean, there, there was just adding to what you were, to what you're talking about. There was a guest on Larry King's show last night, a brain health expert, and he was talking about how exercise engages the brain more than anything else. And the funniest part about the episode, everyone's got to check this out, is that Larry asked him, "Hey, what's a Hindu squat?" <laughs> and then there's, and then he's like, well, let me show you. And then you get to see Larry trying to do Hindu squats on the episode. That part oh, is extremely comical. Even the guy showing him how to do a Hindu squat, completely wrong. I was like, I need to send this guy my tutorial on, <laughs> on YouTube. But but Larry trying to do a Hindu squat, that was classic. But but it was it was a really salient point about how exercise engages the brain more than anything else. It just shows how paramount physical training is for brain health. Yeah, just kind of alluding to what yeah. you just said, man. I saw this meme and I have to post it, but you know, it, I could change that number big time. But on the number it says, after age forty, being in shape is your duty, obligation, and responsibility. You know, and just about anyone that's seen it is like, hell yeah, I agree with that. And you know, my thing is, if for you to just continue in other aspects of life, man, you've got you've got to be strong. You got to be strong. And just saying, just just having the the attitude that you can just take a bunch of shit does not mean you're strong. Okay. This thing like, you know, I'm like Teflon, you know, I'm just gonna let it bounce off me. No strength goes in other ways as well. So, you know, you need to be physically strong because again, it's going to transfer that mental and then it's going to be vice versa as well. So my thing is you got to be able to tell yourself, I can do this. I can actually pick this bar up. Well, no matter how heavy it is, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm tired. I'm gassing a little bit, but I know I can get one more rep in. I know I can, I, I, I can still feel one more rep. I'm not going to fail you here. And it's just something about that. And you, you lift it, you get it. And that transfers over to life as well, because something crappy happens at the office or something like that, or you got traffic and it just seems like you're not going to make it to work. And all Mr. Murphy is all over the place, you know, just, just spreading his little law all over the place, you know, but the thing is, you can like, you know, I can get through this. So what is traffic? This traffic happens. There's nothing I can do about it. Still not going to affect me when I get to work today and do what I need to do or get to the office or, you know, take that, that important meeting that could actually boost my business or anything like that. So, but there's some people they'll crumble, man. They'll crumble because that, that strength is just not there. And that's just one of the things you just have to really work on in the big time. So why not do a little exercise here and there? Hell, you don't have to sit there and do 500-pound deadlifts right off the bat or anything like that or try to aspire to that. But, hell, how about just actually just getting up and taking a walk around the block without your phone? 
That's what I always tell people, you know, take a walk without your phone. It's just you. So you can actually be a little bit more in tune with what's going on out there and just watch the energy boost that you get. You'll probably see things in, even if you walk in your neighborhood, you'll probably see things in your neighborhood that you didn't even notice before because you probably had your face stuck in your phone while you were walking or you're, you're listening to something and you were so focused on that that you were missing these things. And who knows, you know, what the things that you'll start to like, that'll get you motivated and get you going instead of just trying to look for someone else to motivate you. You'd be, like Mike was saying last week, you know, it's one thing about, you know, being to aspire to things, you know, but don't look to people to have to inspire you or motivate you. That's one thing. It's, it's fine to have someone, you know, OK, I, I aspire to go there with my life as well, but not necessarily in the same in the same place where that person went. Well, I mean, the only yeah. problem I mean, we all draw inspiration from other people, but the only problem of overly fixating on that is you start comparing yourself too much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the biggest thief of joy right there. Comparing yourself to someone, man, it's just like, well, I need to do it like him. Or, well, I'm not, I'm better than him or I'm not as good as him. That starts chipping away at you just right. big time. Well, it, it prevents people from enjoying accomplishments. So, for example, yeah. you could you could deadlift 550 and, and not even be and it could be the most you ever lifted before. Right. And, and it, but instead of being excited about it, you're going, oh, well, other people in my body weight can deadlift 700. So this is nothing. <laughs> right. It's like, hey, it's great to keep striving for more. But at the same time, you know, be grateful for what you have as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so true. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, speaking of, uh, you know, cultivating discipline, I have kind of fallen out of uh, going to the gym, deadlifting, squatting, bench pressing, all that stuff. And now I'm on this new kick where, uh, you know, I've always been pretty good at deadlifting, not as great at squatting and, and bench pressing. But, uh, you know, I'm doing this body weight gymnastic inspired workouts now from a guy who you should you guys should totally get him on your show his name's christopher summers and uh i've been following a lot of his teachings and programmings and i'll tell you man i've never uh i've never sucked at stuff so bad it's so challenging trying to do trying to work up to like a body lever or uh uh you know to a human flag or a handstand and i've always felt like you know, the body weight stuff was not that challenging because the, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu background is a lot of crazy movements and cartwheels and all, all just sorts of just really wild uh, body weight exercises that you do to pass the guard and get into submissions. But man, I'm having my ass kicked right now and uh, I'm not very good at it, but I'm having the time of my life doing it right now. You guys know Christopher Summers? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm familiar. I'm familiar with. Yeah. He came out with a book that Iron Mind used to sell a while back. So I'm, I'm actually pretty familiar with this stuff. I, I, I think if I'm thinking of the same guy, he so, got called out uh, early on, and now I think he stepped his game up. I, I wasn't a part of it back then because I was doing, you know, jujitsu, and then I was lifting weights because it's kind of a bad idea to do a bunch of crazy stuff. It, it's just better to do really stable strength training exercises in my opinion when you're doing all the wild uh all the wild type of exercise that you do in brazilian jiu-jitsu right but uh yeah man i I don't know if it's the same guy or not but i'm pretty uh, sure i'm pretty sure it is yeah but yeah i'm a big fan of body weight stuff and and a lot of the moves can be really challenging you know dragon flags is one of my favorite core exercises and that's something that very few people can do well. I've taught courses all over the world where, where I'll have people try dragon flags and really strong men and women just fail miserably at it. So a lot of the body weight exercises can be really change, uh, challenging. Ring pull-ups I'm a huge fan of. 
know, that's a staple in my regimen. I went through a phase where I did a lot of bodyweight stuff where I only did bodyweight training. And it was more yeah. repetition work, so it's different than what you're talking about, Ted. I was doing – I think I worked up to 1,000 Hindu squats. Yeah. I was doing 500 Hindu push-ups, just crazy reps, doing a lot of back bridges, a lot of the stuff Matt Fury was Matt putting Fury, out. Yeah, you know, yeah Matt combat, Fury, sure. Combat conditioning. <laughs> Sure. And and it, it was it was fun and it was different from what I was doing at the time. So it was it was a nice diversion. It was a nice experiment. I always find that I end up going back to the basics at some point, though. <laughs> you know, you right. chase you chase all of these mistresses and have fun, but eventually you go back <laughs> you know, to the to the <laughs> basic moves. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I yeah. started. I I do bench press. I do. I mean, I don't bench press much now, but squats, deadlifts, overhead press. Yeah, these are all staple moves, and you can you can do them through different mediums though. So you could, if you wanted to do a body weight program that focuses on basics, it could be pull ups, handstand push ups, one legged squats. It could be kettlebell overhead presses if kettlebells are your thing, and renegade rows and front squats, double swings, et cetera, or barbells, your stuff. You do barbell deadlift, barbell squat, overhead press, bent over row, et cetera. So th- these are all just different avenues. But I, I think it's, I think one thing that keeps us all excited about training though, is to experiment with different mediums rather well, than I'll tell just you, doing the same stuff over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll tell you what I like about his stuff so much. Cause I didn't properly frame it when I started talking about with you, when I brought it up now is, uh, I am really beat up from the, uh, from the martial arts. I, I have hmm. a ton of injuries. I've had both elbows hyperextended, my knee hyperextended in a knee bar. Hmm. I popped cartilage on both of my ribs. Uh, you know, I recently herniated in, in 2014. I had three cervical herniations due to a car accident. I got wow. nailed from behind by, get this, the the kid was looking at a chick walking <laughs> on the road. Hey, no, Florida, no man. What do you expect? Well, that's Miami. It's Miami. Right? What do you expect, man? Come on. She was, and I'll tell you this. I'll tell you what. That kind of rear ending happens all the time out there. <laughs> in, a, in a town that's very well known for rear ending. <laughs> Absolutely. But I'll tell you, I saw her too. I just didn't hit the guy in front of me <laughs> as a result. Well, you know, you're, you've got uh, multi, multifaceted skill sets there. Exactly. You <laughs> can drive it. Like a lot of us, you can drive and look at the same time. <laughs> you're more experienced. He was a young guy. He hasn't, he hasn't made it to your level yet. Okay. You're a black belt at like looking at chicks. I'm <laughs> broke, Ted. Come on. <laughs> that, that, remind, that reminds me of my neighbor who was doing heavy squats and then he was, he was trying to check out this girl's ass behind him in the mirror and then, and then he didn't rack the bar properly. The whole thing collapsed. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Oh, man, in between sets, buddy, you can look all you want, not in the middle of a set. <laughs> I have to give him credit for at least using reflective surfaces instead of <laughs> direct gaze. Exactly. The creepy direct gaze, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, injury, injuries are never fun, man. It's uh, I always say that. Like I did Dana White said a funny thing, like, what are your training goals for this year? And Dana White's like, I, my, my number one training goal is not to get injured this year. <laughs> you know, yeah, absolutely. there's a lot to be said about that's that. That's what most of his employees are like. Getting yeah. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, if you get you can have all these goals, but guess what? If you get injured, you're so definitely right. not going to hit. You're not going to hit any of them. <laughs> you know? well, well, I'll tell you something about the the industry that I find a bit controversial. Right. Like mm-hmm. we're all a, we're all enamored with movement with uh, big deadlifts or, or the muscle ups on the rings or, uh, right. you know, things like that. But uh, I got a buddy of mine, Brad Thorpe, who just came out with a machine that's all about isometric training. And there's all this research on isometrics showing that they may even be more effective depending on how you do them uh, than, than dynamic based movement. And 
I know immediately people are like, I don't know, go into a door jam and raise your arms out to the side. That's not what I'm talking about. But like you think about this. This was mind blowing for me. He's like, even your one rep max is still submaximal because you can lift it. Right. Maybe it's the most you can lift for one time. But he has people do like uh, deadlifts on this immovable thing. It's it's similar to like what you uh, a power rack with different uh, different areas you can you can put the bar so you can get different ranges uh, yeah, yeah, uh, sure. right. and you know he's getting people really strong really uh, really strong and really in shape simply by isometrics and I see that as a big thing in the industry and I'll tell you something I what I specialize with is uh, you know I train a lot of CEO clients is what I say but what I don't kind of talk about is that these are guys who are all beat up. I got a client with, with he says no cartilage in his knees. Uh, you know, obviously there's got to be something or he'd already have like double knee replacements, but he, I have to be super careful with him. I got another guy who, uh, you know, has a bad back that goes out very easily as well as a knee injury. And, you know, we're, there are so many options and, and methods out there. The corrective exercise, but what I found is like, you know, the isometrics, man, they're just, uh, the way and the way they're doing them and the way that they're teaching in like a resistance training, uh, specialist course with Tom Purvis, you know, it, that's like something that's missing from the industry. Well, I mean, I think, I think isometrics have a place, but I, I, I hate these arguments that this makes you stronger than actually doing the exercise because that never comes through in my, in, in my experience. Okay. Remember, it reminds me of like when power factor training was really big, which is a form of isometric training where you, you, you lift way more than you can and you just go one inch below lockout and then you hold that position for time. And like Tony Robbins is like, man, I took my bench press from 135 <laughs> to 500 pounds. And the part he left out is 135 was full range and 500 was just holding the lockout. But it never, yeah, cared, sure. it never improved his full range, right? So if I do an isometric, if I do an isometric move on deadlifts and it, that may help me blast through a plateau. But if I only did the isometrics for an extended period of time and then I decided to go back to a full range deadlifts, there's no way I'm going to be stronger on that because you lose the skill set. You know, the, the actual move is a skill set too. Yeah, exactly. If I, if, I yeah. just, if I just do sprinting and decide, okay, I bet this will carry over to marathon running, no, because I've trained myself. I've honed in that skill of sprinting, which is a totally different skill set than marathon running and vice versa. So isometrics have a place, and power factor training is another version of it. These things are all great as, as supplemental, but I don't think they take the place of the basic movements. No, yeah, just... and uh, no, I totally hear what you're saying, but just the fact that what I was trying to bring up is that people are so into the idea of moving and lifting heavy weights or, or doing these uh, great moves, right? But when you start to get beat up, when you start to get injured as a result of doing that, it's it provides. Well, that something. means you have poor technique. Yeah, exactly. Right? So much. Yeah. They need to, I, mean, they need to- I, I do. Uh, if I, I if I I can do 500 pound deadlifts with no belt, no wraps, nothing. And if, if I fuck up my back, it's my fault because my technique sucked. It's not the but if my, te- that sucks. If my technique is right. It's good. So I think the mistake people make is they try to get too strong too much too, fast. too soon. Exactly. You have, to, my- you have to be. You have to. You have to. Te- you have to treat 
training as a performance, like the martial arts. You're working on these techniques. You're working on perfect drill, movement. Drill, 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 man. I mean, before you move up, people want to progress too soon, and they sacrifice technique. They get injured, and they're like, "Oh man, the deadlift is a bad move. The deadlift is tore terrible for your back." It's like, okay, let's see how you do deadlifts, and the back is rounded, and they're not using a leg drive at all, and it's more of a Romanian style. So I think when when people get injured from training, that's a problem right there. Because Steve well, Maxwell makes a agree point with, saying that Steve yeah. Maxwell makes a great point saying you should never get injured from your workouts. The whole point of working out is to make you more resilient for everything else you do. Exactly. I, I agree with that. What I was talking about more is the guys who are maybe injured or messed up or lacking mobility oh, either yeah. from yeah. from sports or from living a sedentary life. No doubt. And what do you do when you start to come back to that? I'll tell you another controversial thing in the, the fitness industry is that there's this, I mean, I know you guys, I don't know how well you guys are, are, are if you're really in this circle, but I see arguments with uh, like the personal training guys, right? Because they all go to the perform better uh, events and that type of thing. And they'll get on people for doing some of the more movement-based systems or playing with things like Indian clubs, uh, which I know you used to play around with back in the day. I, I use them all yeah, the time. Still use them. It's part of my part of my yeah. 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 or exactly. sandbag. Well, people say like, "What are you doing that for?" That's stupid. And I, you know, back to what we were talking about with having neuroscientists on the show. I had a guy who is not, you know, he's a neuroscientist from University of California in San Francisco. He's he actually heads up the lab there. And I asked him, I was like, you know, I have this hypothesis that these more complicated movements, although maybe they're not ideal for building strength, building muscle, like a deadlift would be, but it stimulates your brain in a different way. And I think intuitively we all know the answer, but he was saying, yes, you know, there is, that's what, that's what it seems to show. That's what the research is showing. But we have people who are kind of jumping on the people who aren't doing like, Hey, you know, you got to Mark Ripto it, you know, just, you follow starting strength. And if you do anything other than that or any f- type of fancy moves or anything, you know, you're just wasting your time. Yeah. But that right there, that's just, that's just fitness, religious zealots. And I don't have time for any of that. I could give, I yeah, could really care. Just, here's here's about the people who have the best performance. Yeah, I was like, yeah, if you were actually, you know, training successful people, you wouldn't even have time to be trying to tell me like, Hey, stop doing that. You're too busy actually successfully helping your clients you know, be healthy and get stronger. You don't have time to watch what the next guy's doing and then comment on that. Now, if it's something just asinine, like, you know, the, the world famous Jillian Michaels kettlebell swing where she has her head up her ass, you know, when she's going that far back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I that's, saw that. Yeah. That's, that's good for comedy, but it's just like, but I'm not going to sit there and go into a tirade and write a freaking blog post that's going to be like 10 paragraphs long of why Jillian Michaels should not be doing those kettlebell swings like that. You know, my thing is even because it's always funny how people end up, they'll see that video and that video is old as hell. But but someone still finds a way to just discover it and then post it on my page. Like, see, what do you think about this? I'm like, oh, yeah, the world famous Jillian puts her head up her ass technique. Good for her. That's pretty much where it's been all this time since I've seen her on TV. So why not? So and you also, I moving. mean, when you're looking at advice from someone, look for look who has the best performance. Look exactly. at someone like Louis Simmons, extremely exactly. innovative guy, always coming up with new shit. He's not a guy where like just do deadlift squat and bench, and you'll be <laughs> fine. So he's not producing the best powerlifters in the world by just by just doing a meat and potatoes type of training system. He's always doing innovation stuff. In fact, Scott Shetler just came on the show saying that Louis just came up with this new machine yeah. for developing more speed and power and so forth, and it looks like a Smith machine. So he's a lot of people wow. are probably going to give him crap, but 
you can't give a guy crap who's, who has the it's best, the who's the best performance, including his own performance. The guy's, I think, pushing 70, and he's still yeah. lifting really heavy weights. And some will argue, oh, those guys are using anabolics. Fine, go go use whatever they're using and see if you still get their results. You know, doing your <laughs> bullshit training system, you're right. not going to come close. So whenever whenever someone's giving advice, I always look at who has the best performance. Yeah, yeah, totally agree, and that's what I kind of like about you guys, and that's why I'm kind of like a bit divorced from the industry and kind of why I didn't want to go down that road. It's because I feel like it's become a pretty negative place with a lot of people who focus on the <laughs> talking science. on sports but not training oh, that's yeah. The yeah. all of these people have one thing in common they're too busy they talk more about training than actually train train exactly yeah. Yeah. those, those of us who are problem. actually getting stronger and all that we're not pedantic we're actually working out and i'm open-minded to anyone who has different who has advice to give me on how to improve performance especially people that are actually training because that's that's where you find out what works and what doesn't work. You can read all the fucking – you can read Mel Stiff super training back and forth five times in a row. You can research things all day long. You don't know what works until you're actually doing it. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah, that's that experience versus research. I mean what do you guys – have you had Brad Schoenfeld on your show or Alan Aragon? No. Uh, no. <laughs> just, just that, that was it huh? <laughs> no well well those are like the guys who are held up in high esteem in you know the the personal trainer you know, by you the know personal trainer you know who's held up in high esteem who's been on the show charles poliquin exactly. Ian King. oh yeah so we've had the best straight coaches on the show mark philippi yeah so if we want to get the best people on the show we know who to go to and Charles you know Poliquin is one of them. And Charles Poliquin is always learning new shit. Every time we talk to Charles, he's got new things that are going on. He can easily just keep regurgitating what he did 20 years ago, which was fine. But he's he's always extremely innovative and on the cutting edge. I like Charles a lot. And I learned what periodization was from Ian King back in the day. Uh, I mean, you know, I can't argue with that at all. Uh, a lot of people take shots at Charles, you know, because of how because he's the best in the business. <laughs> you know, when you're when you're at the top of the hey, pyramid, a lot of people are going to take shots. Hey man, shots. look, when you're at the top and everybody's at the bottom, they're probably going to start trying to throw rocks up there to the top of the hill, man. That's just the way it works. Instead hey, of you, act- don't have to, you don't have to agree with everything Charles exactly. does. I, I certainly don't, but but I, I but I always listen when he's talking because he knows way more than I do about productive strength training and there's always going to be something I can pick up and apply and learn that's going to be useful. Again, it becomes Bruce Lee one-on-one, man. You take what's useful, man, and then just throw out the stuff that's not useful to you. So that's that's what it comes down to. And most people can't just leave it at that. They have to keep going because they're thinking like, well, let me take a crack at this person so I can get some attention now. And like, oh, did you see the Twitter war between so-and-so and and Charles Poliquin? Well, it really wasn't a Twitter war. Charles is not even saying anything back to this jackass. Or you'll hit him with one good stroke and just like, okay, you're done. Shut up. Dude, it's over. Okay. He, well, Charles, to- Charles is always like, how many world-class athletes do you train? Yeah. Now, that's always his question. And the answer for most people, 99% is zero. <laughs> and, it says, <laughs> and, it, and the thing is, he says, do you train, not have you trained? Because there's going to be those people like, well, I have this one guy that went to the Olympics back in 88. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> it's almost, uh, the, the 2016 Olympics, man. You're, you're a little behind the times here. Let's and he, stop and he, he placed in the top 80. You know? <laughs> exactly. He showed up. Okay. <laughs> he was there at the opening ceremonies. Okay? But, but people, little- <laughs> people who are at the top of their craft are always going to have people throwing shots at them because exactly. it's a lot easier 
easier to criticize than to to take that position. Hey man, it's hard. But, to whether it's Louis else on the bottom, yeah. wherever you are, because my thing is, if you're spending most of your time hating on the next guy, then you're down at the bottom right there. You're that crab in the barrel. So there's a bunch of you right there. So you can't really see anyone else because you're all it's, it's crowded down there. So of course you're going to go for the ones you can see clearly. Like okay, this guy's on that next level right here. Let's see how I can try to drag them down. Why do you care? Why are you why, why are you so fixated on that? That just means that, okay, all that this shows is that it just shows your insecurity and in what you're doing. He's like, honestly, it's just like, hey, man, I could care less. But the thing is, just don't bring it up to him. It's just like, you know, you and your favorite coffee, Ted, just joking with you. <laughs> My thing is, <laughs> when somebody brings it up, then yeah, I'm going to take a crack at it. But you know, the re- I know the reason why I can take cracks at it. You know, and I've talked to enough roasters out there and people who are producing coffee and, and seen processes before and actually had a taste of that before and to know the difference. Whereas if you're unex, you know, you're uneducated and you're not as experienced in what to look for when you're consuming coffee, then of course you're going to think like, Oh, this is the greatest thing, especially if you're looking for the next greatest thing compared to where your life is now. Well, I mean, here, here's I the thing great. is the thing about coffee is it's so ubiquitous, right? So right. If you decide to come out with your own coffee brand. What's a good marketing technique? A good marketing technique is to say, Hey, look, this coffee is the only one that doesn't have this issue that's out there, even though it's not really an issue. It's an issue right. that Coffee developers addressed a long time ago. Exactly. But the, the general public, they don't, they're not know that. researching, they're not researching <laughs> coffee all day long. So when someone comes along and says, Hey, don't drink your coffee. It's got mold and these microtoxins and all this. You're like, well, shit, I better listen to this guy <laughs> buy this coffee. And now you're buying coffee, which is the same as every other coffee at the <laughs> store. And you're paying twice as much for it because you and somehow think it's certi- different. And now you're taking a certification now on it. Like, come on, really? We're, we're doing certifications over this, this topic now? Really? So then that's when you should wake up like, wait a minute, I've, I've been duped. Yep, you've been had. You've been bamboozled. Okay, so you're just yeah, another dollar sign at that point. But I mean, there's, there's not a lot of, there's really nothing new in a lot of different arenas no. that's coming out. I'm not talking about technology because that's always innovating, but there's, there, there isn't a whole lot new in most arenas. So what do most people do is they look for something that hasn't been talked about for a long time and then repackage that, put a little twist on it. Bam, or they try to, out. or they try to create solutions for the problems that don't exist. <laughs> that's, that's another issue, right? There. <laughs> like, well, that, like, that's a wild, crazy I, time I, out there. Like, yeah, I'm going to tell you about problems you didn't even know you had. <laughs> I know you better than you. It's know a bit of the wild, wild west when it comes to when it comes to that stuff. I'll tell you, yeah, every clearly, clearly it's a it's definitely yeah. the wild, wild west. Yeah. I heard I I saw someone who's a, a doctor of physical therapy, so he's a doctor, right? He's got a uh-huh. DPT. He said, "Hey, I'm a doctor. He's selling this fat loss." Uh, cure, you know, and he called himself a doctor, which he is for physical therapy. Right. And he also called himself like a, a neurohormone fat loss modulator. <laughs> I'm probably fucking it up a little bit, but that was like the complexity. It's just like, dude, how can you do that, man? And, and, you know, and take yourself seriously. Sounds like a science fiction character. I'm a neural. Yeah, no kidding, right? Modulator. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Marvin the Martian. Yeah, that's man. what I, I was thinking know. about when you said that. I, was uh, like, oh, I saw that on Bug no, I mean, uh, the, the problem is a, a lot of people feel like they have to have all these bullshit terms to stay marketable, where in my opinion, it's the opposite. Be more authentic and you're going you're gonna to separate yourself from the herd. Like I, I sell supplements, but I don't feel the need to do anything over the top. The testimonials from my tea booster, those are all legitimate testimonials. Those are not made up testimonials. The ad copy is just informative. It's like, here's what's in it. Here's what it does. That's it. 
So I, I actually think- had to stop taking that one, man, because it was getting me uh, a little too focused on other things. Um, focused on, <laughs> and, and that's a great testimonial, ending. and that's on my yeah. website. I remember you emailed me that. I was like, "This is going on the website." <laughs> like all I think about is sex and women. It's like, like that's a problem a lot of guys wish they had. <laughs> yeah, man. But I got to hand it to you that I've tried so many of the tea boosters. Uh, from companies that you've even named on uh, your show before. And, man, you know, that was the only thing that ever did anything for me. Well, that's cool, man. I appreciate it. So, I mean, you're right. It's the wild, wild west, and in particular in the supplement industry, it clearly is. So now you have to self-regulate if you want to be a man of integrity or run a business with integrity. You have to say, I'm going to get the highest quality ingredients. I'm going to make sure they're they're made in FDA-approved labs where it's going to be safe and free of any heavy metals, other problems, other problem ingredients, and then I'm going to not lie about what the benefits are, and then you offer a money-back guarantee if people aren't satisfied, right? So you're, so you're covering. You're making sure the product is safe. You're saying, here's what it does. If you're not happy, no problem. You get your money back. Yeah, absolutely. And do you guys know uh, – I'm trying to remember his last name. His first name is Gary. He's a former FDA special agent, and he's all into the primal – He's into the kind of the paleo thing, but he uses other things as well. Sounds vaguely familiar. But he was, I had him on the show. He wrote an article saying basically if you buy your supplements on Amazon, they're most likely fake, counterfeited. Uh, you like, you can't trust buying supplements on Amazon unless hmm. it's from the exact uh, distributor. Like if you're ordering Guardian of Life or Mike Mall. Right, Mahler, right, right. You know, you have to get it. It has to say their name. But the lengths that people go through to counterfeit supplements, I, I mean, he really goes into depth. I'm just kind of saying what uh, I learned from him. But, you know, I'll find the article. I'll send it over. No, it that's really interesting. Yeah. And not, and not surprising one bit. Because, I mean, right now with the supplement industry, someone could say that the exact ingredients that are in my tea booster, they could put, they could say it's in their product and then none of them are actually in it. And no one's yeah. regulating to see whether that's true or not. So that's why I always tell consumers, I go buy from someone you trust. That's that's the best insurance policy. So if you don't trust me, don't buy my products. If you research who I am, you think I'm a man of integrity, then buy it. And I I know I am, but you don't know who I am. So you have to do a little bit of research. And I think it kind of helps when, you know, hey, if you've got questions and you email, you know, the company – and, you know, there's no reply back or there's a reply back <laughs> a week later or there's a reply back with broken English. And, you know, you start thinking like, wait, huh, what? <laughs> you know, so I think that's kind of one of the benefits that you have right there, Mike. It's like, hey, you know, as soon as someone buys a product, you're, you're pretty much you, you have a follow up email where you like, hey, here's how to take it. Here's how to take the formula. You know, it might work best for you. If you have any questions, you know, d- feel free to email me. And they do. And you reply back. That was a big thing. Whereas most of these big companies, that's not going to happen. You're not going to talk to the president or, of the company or the, the person that created the product. You're not going to get, you're not going to have a direct line to that person ever. It's going to be all these little minions about 50 levels ahead of them before they even get there. It has to be something really, really serious where you're about to sue them. And all of a sudden, oh, you know, I'm, right, this is Gary, right. the president of blah, 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 pharma. Yeah, yeah, exactly. blah, blah. You know, I'm so sorry for this and, you know, and this miscommunication. Oh, what, what? Where were you before, Gary? <laughs> you know, come on, man. Right. So there, there's a difference. Yeah, you guys right saw what, what happened with muscle farm too that wasn't the quality of the supplements but you know just uh just uh i guess 
taking money out, out of the company and using it for things that they weren't supposed to. Oh, is this, what, what's the, this, is the, yeah. this is a new development, Ted? I haven't heard this. Yeah. Oh, this, so. this was, uh, I don't know, within the past uh, six months or so, something mm-hmm. like that happened last year. And the guys, uh, I don't remember exactly if it was the they just had caught them or if it was the results of the trial because I read it a while ago. But there's just all these incidences of these guys who sell supplements. And you told me, Mike, it's like a lot of people get into it or like former criminals and yeah. you know, they yeah. just got out of jail. They used to sell something <laughs> different. Yeah. And now, that, you know, it's like, well, cocaine, supplements. You know? Well, I mean, they use the same strategies they were using on the street <laughs> right. to, sell, to sell what's legal now. The prop, I, yeah. I'm always suspect of companies that sponsor a bunch of people because that means right. they're putting all their money into sponsoring athletes who are being paid to say they use a product. Why do you have to pay someone to say they use the product? They should be using it because they're actually benefiting from it. I mean, if you make supplements that work, don't you think athletes would be happy to pay for those things if it's going to improve their performance and whatever their endeavor is? So when you have to pay someone to endorse it, that's suspect number one. And number two, when you're just putting a lot of money into marketing. You're in every magazine out there. You're popping up on ads all over the web. My attitude is put all your money into developing a great product that works and word of mouth will take care of the rest. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. That's what it needs to be about these days. Consumer rated business, baby. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So let's hear more about, I mean, you're, you're, you're one of your big causes right now is you're raising funds for this personal development side of your business. What do you, what, what's the focus there? Okay. Yeah. It's called the, the be the change movement. And what it is, is just a way to reach out to more people to help them, to support them with their goals and also help them with the right strategies. As I talked about before, there's clear research that shows that some things, while they may not be, They may not do your goals for you and do the work for you, but there's some things that you can put in place to make it more likely that when you do put the work in, it's going to happen for you. So that's part of it. The other part is just creating an environment, a supportive environment to help people. And we're raising – I put all the things up on the Kickstarter campaign uh, where the money goes because it's going into producing – the content producing bigger and better things to help people with that and uh, webinars and uh, you know more videos and to upgrade the production of the podcast. And what it really is about is about taking this whole idea of helping people to the next level and in raising the money, 20% of what we raise of everything that we raise is going to go to my family's charity, which is, a nonprofit uh, uh, charity that places bloodhounds with law enforcement to help find missing children is what we say, but they help find missing people, period. And short of implanting a chip in your elderly parents or into your children, bloodhounds are the best way of finding them because they have this amazing natural ability with their sense of smell. They can follow a trail for hours after it's been gone. And there's, and there's just so many success stories. It's, it's hard to, the, the keepers of the dogs, the trainers, the handlers, they're not really 
people who are doing it for the glory so they don't get out there and share their stories. So you don't hear it in the media a lot, but there's a lot of success stories. One that we share on the campaign is this uh, special needs child went missing mm. and nobody could find him. But the bloodhound, a bloodhound from the local law enforcement, they had one and it was on the case and they would went and found the kid because of the just amazing sense of smell that bloodhounds have. And so we're donating to that. And the reason why is, uh, you know, the, the center's struggling. It's running out of money. I'm struggling in the way that I want to reach more people and I'm not sure how to do it. And we've talked on this podcast today about how people are really, they're finding things to manipulate people to, and creating problems and everybody goes batshit crazy and goes buys, goes and buys the products. I don't want, I, I will never do that. That is not me, but I want to take things to the next level. And this is the idea that we came up with. And hopefully the, uh, the, the keynote speech that I'm giving in April, the talk that I'm giving in March are going to help with that. But, and, and being on this show is going to help with that. But the idea there is to really ramp things up, help more people and also donate the money that were 20% of the money we raised to my family's charity. That's great, man. That's great, this is man. win. This is win, win all around. Yeah. And, and, that's and, and the, I think as, as much as I talk about, you know, the importance of being self-motivated and being driven, we all draw inspiration from others. And I'm not trying to diminish that in any way because I mean, I'll read about what friends are doing. That's inspiring. I'll meet up with Tim Larkin. That's inspiring. I watch some clips on YouTube of people training. That inspires me to get a better workout when I go to the gym. Hell, when I when I when I saw Holly Holm knock out Ronda Rousey, man, I had one of the best workouts ever the next day because I was so amped up. That was such an impressive performance. It's like now you want to go do something impressive. Right. So I mean, we all we all draw inspiration from others, and I think what people should think about is what's your contribution. You know, what are you doing that's going to inspire other people? Forget about just inspiring yourself. What's your contribution that's going to get other people excited about things? I agree. And for me, that was how I made sense out of all these tragedies in my family that yeah. I've personally been through, that my family's been through. And there's even research that shows like we have to we have to stand for something more than ourselves. It's just not enough to be all about me, 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 me. You know, if you want true happiness or not even happiness, but a sense of fulfillment in life, you've got to come give back. And I love I think it's especially important with all the tragedies you've been through, Ted, because those are those are a lot of really serious tragedies, man. Those are tough. That would that would break a lot of people. And a lot of us would a lot of us would feel that's justified because it's so much tragedy to go through. But I think I think when you're in a situation like that, and you know this better than I do, of course, you have to embrace compassion fully, or you're going to be just destroyed by the negativity that your that your own mind can create. So I, I really like the direction you're going in because I see you just taking that negative energy and using it to help other people, and, and in, in in that process, help yourself too. Man, I'm fired up like Conor McGregor is right now. <laughs> I will never step in the UFC ring, but I can. I will fight for making a difference, and I know I will be a champion at that. I think what you're doing also is is very positive because you and I talked about, like you said, I mentioned, hey, you need to tell this story more and all that. But 
The problem with telling that dark story is that you're being reminded constantly of it. You're reliving it. And I went through that myself because there was a time where I was like, I'm going to write about this abuse I went through as a kid in my book. And and that was very cathartic for me to get it out there. And and a lot of people emailed me and said how useful it was for them. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to take it to the next level and start talking about it as part of my hormone optimization lecture at courses. And and that was very good too. And it was very uncomfortable for a lot of people to hear it, but for a lot of people, it was very it was, it was very positive and uplifting. But then it got to the point where I was like, you know what? I don't want to fucking talk about this shit anymore. I'm done. <laughs> you know, I wrote about it. I spoke about it. That's it, man. Because I, because every time I spoke about it, I would kind of relive it in my own mind in a way. Right. And it's Absolutely. like it's like I don't want to be attached to that shit anymore. I got it out there. It's over. Yeah, I think it, getting the story out. Is, is really important because it lets people connect with you at a deeper level. It's not just Mike Mahler, the kettlebell guy who talks about hormone op- optimization right. or Ted Rice who talks about the, the shit that I talk about. It's like, okay, this is their why. This is what drives them. And we connect with people. But after, after a certain point, I just want to hit – I just want to hit the, the bullet points and talk about something else because, like <laughs> you said, reliving it, it – I think it's important at certain times in the right place uh, to share that story. But after a while, I, I don't well, want to it's like, it's like talk therapy, like talk therapy in, in the long run is shown to be negative because what happens is you just keep talking about this shit. Like initially yeah. it's good to get it off your chest and get some feedback. And then you come back and you talk about it again. And then you come back, talk about it again. And then you, you never move past it because you're fixated at that one time in your life. Yeah, I always think about that yeah, man, when I absolutely. see, you know, just like I see, especially like in this political season, and you'll see people talking about, you know, gun rights and all that. And you have someone like Taya Kyle, you know, and they're interviewing her and they constantly like, oh, this is the anniversary of your husband, Chris Kyle's death. I'm like, I'm thinking like that's the one day every year yeah, she's probably anniversary. like, fuck yeah. my life. Yeah. Because yeah, exactly. everybody wants to talk about it because, yeah, he's so celebrated, you know, especially like American Sniper came out. And, you know, but every year in January, she has to go through that again. And I was sitting there just watching that interview. And I was like, God, can't y'all just talk about something? Let's talk about the foundation. You know, if you're going to talk about him, talk about that. Don't talk about, don't always keep bringing up like, you know, and, you know, how are you doing? You know, how have you moved on? You know, it was, it was only two years ago. Like, come on, man. It's still, the, that wound is still fresh. So, you know, even just talking to you, Ted, I mean, this is something that happened to you you know, years ago, but again, you don't want to keep bringing it up, keep bringing it up. So you can't just imagine somebody just, it just happened, you know, but, and when it's really fresh on everyone's mind. So I was just wondering, like, gosh, I just really wish it, it was making me uncomfortable, you know, just to even some, that interview would even bring it up to her. And I, I didn't even know Chris Kyle or her, but I felt uncomfortable. I'm like, come on, man, can't you ask something else? You know, just kind of move on. There's, there's so many other things that she's doing now and she's using that tragedy to, for more positive things out there. Focus on those positive things right now. Focus on that foundation. Well, I mean, the, the, me- the media is always trying to get some. Yep. Cli- they're, they're, they're always trying to or get react. some. Yeah. Well, they're trying to get some clickbait, too. It's like, yeah. oh, you know, it's the one-year anniversary of your husband's death. How are you feeling? And then she has an emotional breakdown thinking about it, and that that, that, that becomes a news bite. Or she gets mad. You know, something provocative that right. they can market. But it, but it, I'm, I'm with you 100% sincere. It's just irritating, man. Yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah, I, I – I agree with you as well, sincere. And, you know, it's, uh, but I'll tell you, as someone who's dealt with the media a lot, I, I reached out recently and did a press release about the, the, uh, the campaign that I'm doing, the Be the Change campaign. Because what this is ultimately about is not even the money, but just raising awareness about what I'm doing, about what the Jimmy Rice Center is doing. And 
you have to kind of, I don't want to call it selling out because it's not, but you have to give them what they want so that you have an opportunity to reach more people. Right. And, uh, you know, you have to package it the way they want. You can't be like, listen, I'm tired of talking about <laughs> what you want. Let's right. talk about the inspiration. Let's talk about what I'm up to now. It has to be at least for, I mean, that's why I love podcasts and that's why I love being on this show because it's not like that. We're focusing on the future, but the media is still stuck. And in, until they're, uh, until one of two things happen, either a, they, get disrupted so much that they have to change or two, they just go under completely because they can no longer compete because that's not what people want anymore. That's what we have to deal with. Yeah. This whole clickbait world is really irritating. Yeah, so irritating. I mean, clickbait could be, is Larry King a child molester? And then you click on it and click on it. Of course he's not. He just had an episode where he had – it's, like, it's, it's like you people, man, have no shame. So true. Yeah. <laughs> One weird hey. trick. Lose 10 pounds. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah we, could, we could chop off one of your legs. You just lost 20 pounds. There you go. Hey, you I know? can tell you right now to my – look, I, I put in the show notes you know, how you guys discuss how men can get more tail than a toilet seat. Some might call it clickbait, but, hey, we talked about it. <laughs> that's the truth. It right, wasn't and like, and, and that, that's in the show notes too, that's, right? Exactly. That's, that's, not, that's not like that's the, theme this, of the, the episode. episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Title, yeah. shares how you can get more tail than a toilet seat. <laughs> episode 167. <laughs> and like, well, you know what it is? <laughs> Advertising isn't working. Advertising isn't working right, and people right. are struggling yeah, to try right. to, to make a difference instead of just doing the shortcut, the most effective way, which is to be yourself and tell the story, right? Or to, do, to consistently put out good content where people expect to read yeah. content anyway from you no matter what you put. You know, and that's the thing about it. the consistency of good content is not there. Right. And that's the reason why they have to resort to the clickbait. That's the thing about. So if you if you have a site where people you see that traffic, people are coming there constantly. You don't have to do that. They're going to your they're going to your site every day anyway, for the most part, or as much as possible to get their information. Because why they they feel like they know, they like, and they trust you. And that's the problem. Most people that are dealing with clickbait all the time just try to build an audience. No one probably likes them. <laughs> they don't really know them, and they probably don't effing trust them. <laughs> so, well, then that's and, why and you that's also have why. to be cautious. That's why you also have to be cautious because advertising is not working now. What a lot of marketers are doing are, is a Trojan horse method, where you're trying to get people who have, let's say, a popular YouTube channel, right? And these people are popular because they're honest and authentic, and then you're trying to get them to endorse your products. And a lot of these people are enticed by the paycheck, so they do it. But guess what? Now you're no longer trustworthy and authentic. You just got bought off. You just yeah. sold out. Yeah, the paycheck. So, or now, the free so now that whatever. Yeah. Know. So now that doesn't work anymore. And that's something that's an epidemic in the fitness industry oh. is how easily trainers are bought off. You could just say, "Hey, I'll give you a hundred bucks a month and send you some free product." And a t-shirt. If, if you, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just wear my t-shirt which, every time you. T-shirt, which further <laughs> endorses the, you know, the companies. Like now you're now you're basically wearing a shirt where they're getting free advertising. You're walking around with this fucking shirt on, and a lot of people buy into it because they're so hungry to make money. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, I don't have any sponsors in my show. I'll tell you, I don't know what what the the craziest. Like request sponsor requests you guys have had, but I had a guy reach out to me. It was for Under Arm wipes. 
Like, hey, you know how uh, sweaty armpits can cause, uh, you know, people to feel or guys to feel less confident. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> you don't listen to the show, man. Again, looking, yeah, for, bringing up solutions to problems that really don't exist. It's like, like yeah, we we have deodorant for that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or it's called. And I worked out. That's what happens. Exactly. And if, if it's people hot, don't like it, if I'm don't work out. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, maybe you should feel exactly. more confident because with that sweat, you're producing these pheromones. And, you know, <laughs> you're detoxifying a little bit there. So, you know. yeah. <laughs> sweat, sweat's not. In fact, you're cooling your body off. Sweat's not necessarily a bad thing, man. <laughs> Again, absolutely. Let's, let's yeah, just that, that, that's 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 what I worry about. I'm in the gym working out. I'm like, oh man, my confidence well, just went down because I'm sweating. It's hard deadlifting stat. You know, that's that's what I'm thinking about before I'm about to pull 550 over PR. <laughs> it's like, am I producing any odor? Scent that's, that's offending people near me. You're having sex, and all of a sudden you're like, "Oh my god, I'm sweating right now." That's not what she's really worried about right now, buddy. Okay, that's that's not the. Well, you know, the, the problem with sponsorships, and you know, and, and we've we've dabbled with the idea of having some sponsors, you know, products we actually use and all that. But the problem is, is that is it actually beneficial for the person that's paying for the sponsorship? Because the fact that they have to pay for you to say, "Hey, check out these guys out," that takes away from it some. Somewhat, as opposed to, we bring up a company and say, "Man, I just, I just got Super Seeds new pumpkin seed flavor. Stuff is incredible." And I'm saying that because I'm an excited customer, as opposed to I'm getting paid to say that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you tell them, Mike Mailer. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I, I, I've actually tried sponsoring a few shows, man. So I know personally how ineffective it can be. You know, so there's a there's a few shows out there that I paid pretty substantial amount to sponsor, and the, my my criterion was. I want to send some product for you guys to try. If you like it, then I'll come on as a sponsor. Of course, they're going to just say, oh, yeah, we use it. It's great. And I should have said, well, give me some specifics on what, you know, what yeah. the benefits were. Right. Because otherwise, it's just some bullshit. It's like, oh, yeah, I, he sent me some product to try, and it really works. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that sounds like a real strong testimonial there. And then when they talk about it on the show, it's going to have the same level of inauthenticity, That's and nobody's going to – Pick especially, up on it, especially when well, I picked up on it when they can't say his name correctly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we try Mailer's aggressive training, but it really Mailer's. <laughs> oh, that's what happened. Yeah, I didn't hear that joke. So someone said your name wrong. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you repeated. Oh man, <laughs> wow. You know, I've I've I tried failed. I've tried advertising through different mediums throughout the years. I've never thrown a lot of money at it because to me, it's just spraying the money hose. You're you're being lazy. It's like let me just throw a lot of money at the problem, and see what happens. So anyway, I've, I've tried different mediums just to test the waters, and it's not one time was it ever effective, whether it's sponsoring a podcast or an advertisement in a magazine or or a banner ad, whatever it is. Not one time has it ever been worth it. On the flip side, I've had people where I've – like I wrote an article for for Charles Poliquin's website, Eight Ways to Increase Testosterone. I read and, that. And Charles, Charles's assistant asked if well, I have an affiliate program. I was like, yeah. So they signed up for it. Their affiliate links are in the article. I got a ton of orders from that article, ton, like a hundred or so more, like in the first 24 hours. And guess what? That's win-win for everybody. I got great content on Charles's website. Charles's website is super high traffic. I made money. He made money. There you go. As opposed to me paying him. It's like, hey, can I pay to advertise this on your website? It wouldn't be anywhere near as effective as me delivering him content, which also had a pitch at the very end. Yeah, that's uh, that's the future right there, man. You know, that's yeah, the it's, future. It's, it's the present too. <laughs> yeah, you know, present, one, yeah. one one website that does such a great job is Testosterone Magazine, right? Mm-hmm. They 
deliver free content, and a lot of it is really good free content for many of our since 2001, I think, or maybe yeah. even before that, maybe 1999. So I remember when they first came out. And they push their supplement line aggressively, but they're perfectly justified in doing so because of all the free content they deliver. And it's a, it's a business model that works. They don't have any advertisers. All of their money comes from the products they sell. And they pay authors to write there. So they're spending a good amount of money to get this content. It's not just some deal of, hey, we'll give you exposure or give us an article. No, they pay people, and some of them get paid really well. But they deliver so much free content that they get so many visitors, and their traffic ranking is incredible. I think they're in the top thousand at least of all websites in existence, maybe even higher than that. Wow. Bodybuilding.com is another example. Shitload of content, and then they back-end a lot of products. That's where they make all their money. And then I think the original owner sold the company for $50 million a long time ago, like maybe 10 years ago. So anyway, these are just examples of uh, like what I like to call Trojan horse marketing, where people are getting advertised to you without you even realizing it because you're reading great content and you're going, huh, man, this, this company delivers such great content. I bet their products are good too. It's at least worth a shot. Bam, you give it a shot. Yeah, I, I like that's how I found out about you, Mike, is from T Nation or Testosterone Magazine, as it used to be known. Right, and, right. Uh, you know, before that, they were the guys who picked up the torch after Muscle Media 2000 right. kind of fell apart. Well, they gave me my first big break. I wrote an article for them while I was still working in the internet world, in the dot-com world. I wrote an article that was my experience with Matt Fury's body weight training system. And that was the first big step for me in getting into the business. And then I went on to write 10 or more articles for them over the years. So that, that exposure really did help me in the business for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? They catch a lot of shit, but i like their, their mag 10 protein shake. Uh, you know, there's a couple of things that they, they have that are pretty good. But, uh, yeah, they, they catch a lot of shit from the, the less uh, successful, like we talked about earlier. Well, some, uh, just, what's funny is we have a lot of people who think they're pro-capitalist, but they live socialist, right, where they think <laughs> everything should be free. So it's like, how dare these guys try to make money off of this content? It's like, well, look, man, you're reading these articles for fucking free. And you, you, could, you, could, I mean, you could go there and read – if you went there and read every article they've ever written, and not all of them are good, but a lot of them are – you would have so much knowledge on productive training, nutrition, et cetera, without spending a dime. You don't have to buy any of their products to have access to the information. So why why is it wrong for them to push their product line aggressively when they're giving you all of this free content up front? Yeah, I can't argue with that. And uh, I don't know. That's just kind of the thing. Like everybody's able to rip things off the internet and to get the movies for free and the, the songs yeah, music, for free. And, yeah. yeah. It's just, uh, you know, it like, like some problem like, is like music. People feel perfectly justified not paying for music. Like it's like, yeah. it's a right. It's like, I don't have why I don't, you know, like, <laughs> I shouldn't have to pay for this. Now at the same time, I will say this, the CD industry was ridiculously greedy for a long time. So this is yeah. a retaliation to that. I mean, there was a time where it was like twenty bucks for a new CD. Give I me know a that was great. Should, and should, one should, song and was good. It's yeah, well, and it never should have been more than seven ninety nine, right? Seven ninety nine people people are going to go buy it without hesitation, but they kept upping the price of it. Where of course you're going to have this backlash of people that are like, "Fuck you, music industry. We're just going to do Napster and share music and download music. You guys can f off." Yeah, man. Yeah, that paying paying twenty bucks for one song that you heard on <laughs> that you thought was really awesome, and then listen to the others, you're like, what did 
what just happened here? You know? <laughs> well, I, I think iTunes is a good model, right? You just pay for the songs you want. Yeah, exactly. You listen to music and you buy the ones you want. I mean, that's perfectly fair. Because basically, that's based off what people used to do back in the days. Like, you'd have that one friend that went and bought that new CD. You know, he was pretty much going to be like, oh, okay, let me, let me listen yeah. to it. And then it's like, well, I don't like two songs. Hey, burn me a copy of those two songs. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> you know, so you burn two copies of those two songs. It's basically, it's like, it's just a mixtape model. That's what mixtapes were back in the day. Right, you know, right. or, or like I call them, especially like in like in my childhood, you know, the pause button tapes where you have the, the jam box and you put your tape in your blank cassette. And then when you listen to the radio, there's a song that you really like and you know you know you're a freaking kid you don't have the money really go and buy albums all the time you sit there and record that one song off the radio and then there's another song you like off the radio you record it next thing you know you got a cassette full of songs that you like and pretty much you may have maybe one or two songs from one artist so yeah you save a lot of money by doing it. just think if you bought the the album of every artist that's on that mixtape from those songs that you like you you would never have an allowance as a kid back then, man. So that's all they did. So basically, these guys that like really hit it up that whole idea of like iTunes, they probably were those same kids who did the same thing back when they were younger, like growing up in like the eighties and the seventies and whatever else. They were the pause button tape kids, and like, hey, now they look back like we can make money from this now. <laughs> so and why not? Why not? I'd rather pay ninety nine cents for something I really like than nine ninety nine for some BS. <laughs> and and on, on the flip side, on a positive note, for underground music, the internet has been tremendous. For a band like Madball, they can get their music in front of a way bigger audience through YouTube and other free mediums than ever before. And that drives more people to their live events, which is where they've always made more money anyway. And it's more economical for them because if they are like, depending on that old medium of like, let me get signed by a major record label and take somebody that worked for the, all those major record labels. Well, here's the deal. You're not, as an artist, you're probably never going to make any money. You know, even when you're going on tour, there's so much of your money that's going back into the label because they fronted you money to get you started because you didn't have it in the first place. You know, all that per diem money and all that they give you, that's not your money, dude. It's going back to them. That's a loan. Okay. That's an interest free loan. Right, so right. basically once you pay the PR person, you pay the road manager, your manager, you know, that, you know, you pay back the label, the money they loans you, you take care of the, the production team, the promotions team, you know, for people like me that was working in the marketing promotion, you take care of all that. The A&R guy, you're pretty much depending on pennies now. And as far as radio play, you're only getting a few cents per radio play if you ever get any radio play. So it's, it's, a, it's a much better deal now, even on Spotify. You know, now guys can go and put their album on Spotify. They don't have to worry about the label getting any of that money. That's just between them and Spotify now. That they, yeah. they split the money with. So it's, it's a much better deal. Same thing with iTunes. So it works out so much better now. So anybody to me now that's like, oh, man, I'm just trying to get this record deal. I'm like, you do realize it's 2016, right? Why? why? <laughs> so why are you doing that? Like, yeah, I'm just trying to get my demo. Well, it's, it's more of a status type thing, right? So when they're, when they're at a party and telling someone, they can be like, man, I'm on <laughs> Def Jam Records or I'm on Capitol, whatever it is. Exactly. And people in the fitness industry do that, too. Somehow it's more impressive to get a book deal and make way less than to self-publish your book and get it out there in a big way. Yeah, I hear that. And, you know, that this is the time, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, I don't know if you guys are oh, yeah, a fan sure. of him or not. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, he's great. He says everybody's got to be their own media company, and we need to be able to promote ourselves, and we need to be able to create those authentic connections with people and that is how like that's what's happening now as you said and that just seems that seems to be the future because that's what people are longing for we we have is there's more people around than ever we have the ability to connect like never before but so many people feel lonely 
Well, it's also, it's also important not to rely on all this social media bullshit. Like, you know, I've had people come to me and say, "Oh, you don't even need a website anymore. Just have a Facebook page and take it." It's like that's the oh uh, yeah, I've heard that dumbest thing I've ever heard. Especially because it's, yeah, it's, it's not yours. You want it? Yeah, exactly. Mark Zuckerberg shuts down now. It's like, well, I mean, there's, there's a do? saying. It's like, don't buy a house on rented property or rented <laughs> land, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like I own the house, but you don't own the land. Right. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so it's kind of like that medium. So it's like, it's like the whole point of Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, all these different mediums should be to drive traffic to your website, not the other way around. Exactly. And also, you, your own newsletter list is going to be a million times more powerful than your and Facebook. It's like if you have twenty thousand people in a newsletter list versus twenty thousand fans on Facebook, I promise you, the twenty thousand people in your newsletter list are going to be way more likely to convert into customers than yeah, the people on the social media those page. Those 20,000 fans on Facebook are also probably 20,000 fans on other Facebook pages and it, as well. So therefore, there are so many other people buying for their attention, not just you. Whereas with your newsletter, yeah, of course, you know, it's just going to be email or whatever else and they get other emails. But this is also something they signed up for specifically in that, okay, if, you, if you're consistent, like, hey, I'm going to send this out once a month on this day. They pretty much expect that, and then they're probably going to read it. So it, that's that's the only other thing, the consistency. Well, I mean, I'll give you a recent example. I mean, I love my my new product, Red, came out over the weekend. Right. I decided, uh, let me do a little blast on Facebook first, and then I'll hit my newsletter on Monday. So I, I hit I hit up Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Plus, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, like maybe 10 orders came in over the weekend, right? Like nothing, insignificant. Within an hour of me blasting it out to my to my newsletter list, 50 orders came in. In an hour, and then it went over to a hundred, you know, but before the end of the day, and the ton of orders are still coming in today, and that's all from my newsletter list. Now, imagine if I didn't have that newsletter list, and I'm just relying on social media to to move this product, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, not like, not much. The inventory not much would be like a thirty year supply. <laughs> 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 it's like, well, thirty years, I'll finally get through this. Inventory, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I mean, man, I was at changing the game last uh, October, and Paul Mort. Uh, who, who I, I connected with just recently again here in Miami because he was uh, here. Uh, he gave this presentation and showed the metrics on like what an email list does for you versus basically everything else, including yeah. Facebook, Twitter. And there was just no, there was just no comparison whatsoever. Email, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it, it outperformed all the other outlets by many times over yet that's where everybody is is on facebook because they're uh you know getting that getting the, the hits of dopamine by being on there and getting into arguments and well you, you know why people are on facebook for themselves to post fucking yeah. selfies and look at me look at me look how important i am they're not in there to look at what you're doing you know it's all like this self-congratulatory self-indulgence type medium and you have to deal and with you know Facebook's what, you algorithms. Know how, no, no, no one's signing up for your newsletter list to talk about them. They're talking about themselves. They're, they're signing up for your newsletter list because they want to hear from you and what you have to say and what you're offering. And like I said, the other thing yeah. you got to worry and about you, is the algorithm on Facebook as well because they make it. If you have a page, it's like if you're not buying advertisement, they're, they're not going to make it no. where your, your page is going to pop up in someone's timeline as easily. So, oh, yeah. So you also have to pay to play when you're on Facebook now. You can't no be doubt. pissed off about them because they are a freaking business. So I see people getting pissed off with fan pages like, I can't believe – I gotta buy a freaking ad just so my fans can actually see my fan page. Again, there's that whole thing for you know I want to get something for free. You want to make money at the expense of another company giving. Yeah, it's like it's like how how is Facebook supposed to make money if everything is free? Exactly. Actually, you know how they're making money? They sell the data that they gather from everybody on there. So yeah, every well, like you do, every part comment, of it. Yeah. Every, 
you know, and how long your cursor stays on a particular part of Facebook. They sell that data to big companies so that they can market to you. And, but uh, that, and you know, and are they wrong for that? Is that it's like this, dude? If you come in my house. And you're pissed off. Way, <laughs> hold on, you're pissed off at the way I make coffee because I don't use a fucking Mister Coffee Maker, and I actually use a you know an espresso machine or whatever else. And you're pissed off about that, and you you don't want to have that coffie? Then leave. I mean, you don't have to be yeah. here. Go get your yeah, coffee. If you, if you don't else. want your information sold, then don't sign up. For exactly. Stuff. You're in my house, so you know you got to play by my rules. If you don't like it, go away. It's really that simple. So I don't even know why people get in such a twist over like, oh my god, they're selling all our information. Well, you sold it first. You know when you agree. You know what? When you agree to the terms and conditions of their website, you just sold. Which, which no one reads. No one no reads. Nobody reads. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so don't get pissed off because you didn't take in, the time. In that terms of agreement, they could say you're going to be giving us your house and your dog. And your. <laughs> and every now and then Mark like, Zuckerberg's going to come over and spank your wife on her ass. And you just agree to it. You can't get pissed off. You agreed to this, man. It's a binding contract. <laughs> you know what? I agree with all that. And I don't have a problem with Facebook because, you know, I, I get more value out of all the connections that I've made not so much the posts, not so much all the, you know, having the pages, but I made some great connections, but it's just, I like to say that because a lot of people don't, a lot of people spend so much time on there. They don't know why the fuck they're on there, you know, and they're not no, getting they, they the why. results. They know why life. Ted. They know why they're on there. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, look at our glutes, you know, because of all the uh, glute pictures that all the women put up. All the fitness chicks. Hey, man. Right. Well, they're not making any money off of that. The, the no, funny no, thing no. about that is you'll have like some fitness girl with 100,000 followers, and she works at the bar in at the Las Vegas Strip. <laughs> yep. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I'm, what, what I'm saying is that she's not monetizing any of that traffic. You know, that, that's it because, it's, because, because, again, no one's going on Facebook to buy shit. They're not going. They're gonna. They're gonna go on there and look at your pics for free. They don't want to buy your calendar. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you just put it all out there for free. You gotta buy a fucking calendar now. No one needs to do that. <laughs> my 2016 calendar is coming out. Like I have a calendar on my phone. <laughs> the I, I have I have about 30 calendars from all the organizations I support. So yep. The last thing I need to do is go buy a calendar. <laughs> yeah, Facebook likes don't pay the bills. You know? No, they don't. They no, don't. They don't. So it's. It's not something you should waste a lot of time on at all. I certainly don't. I go on there and post whatever I'm doing, and I'm gone. Yep, same here. Like, yeah, here it is. I'm out of here. <laughs> so it'll be like three days later, and I come back and reply. Like, oh yeah, somebody replied to that. Let me reply to them now. <laughs> so, no, but you're right about the advertising part because I noticed that I have a fan page because I went beyond that five thousand limit, mm -hmm. and I, I sometimes I'll post something and it has like thirty views. I'm yeah, like, exactly. Thirty views. I have 9,000 people here supposedly that follow yeah. what I'm doing. And I got 30 views for this, but it's because I'm not paying to advertise on there. Yeah, they changed it. They sell you back your audience, like like Sincere said. But it's you don't have to business. buy you don't have you don't have to buy it back if you have your own newsletter list. Exactly. That's the thing. Otherwise it's a I hear that. you got the crackhead still in your radio and selling it back to you. Like, here you go, man, I got this new radio. That's my radio. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. I've I've always found Twitter more effective anyway. For promoting stuff, you know, certainly for networking, for getting high-profile guests on the show, I found Twitter to be really effective. But even that is nothing compared to your own newsletter list or your own podcast, you know, your own medium, your own promotion tools. Yep. I wanted to ask you, you guys got Roger Cross on the show, who who I'm a fan of. Uh, you know, some of the things that Dark Matter recently. Yeah, yeah, it's a great show. Other ones. Yeah, you guys reached out to him on Twitter, right? No, no, no that that's that that one's more complex. I've I've known. Roger Cross and I have had email interactions for a long time. So, like early oh. in my early in my kettlebell career, I was just 
I was like, man, I wonder if this guy works out. Fuck it. Let me email him and see. And I, I sent him an email and he just maybe maybe it was a day he wasn't too busy because he responded back pretty quickly. And he's like, this kettlebell stuff looks cool. Love to check it out. I sent him a video. We stayed in touch a little bit here and there over the years. So when we did the podcast, I reached out to him and said, hey, man, just wanted to give you an update. You know, I'm doing this podcast with my friend Sincere now. I'd love to have you on. You know, he's a big fan of 24-2. Talk about what you're doing now. And he was down for it. So that wasn't something that where he'd never heard of us at all. And I just hit him up on Twitter and said, hey, how about coming on the show? I'm not saying that he wouldn't have come on if I did it, but it just didn't, it just didn't play out that way. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Oh, it, was, so, it was fun, man. It was, it was yeah. fun for us. It was fun for another episode that was really fun is when we got the trainer for the Spartacus cast to come on. Yeah. I remember and that was that was reaching out on Twitter. Tyrone. I believe. Yeah, Tyrone. Tyrone, Tyrone Strong. Yeah. And he was a really interesting guy. And he gave us a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that happened <laughs> there, which both of us are fans of Spartacus. So that was really cool to hear. Yeah, I remember that one. That was a good episode. Yeah. What was funny is one of his fans was like, oh, you know, get him back again because I want to learn. About it. I was like, go buy his fucking system. Man. Exactly. <laughs> don't tell, don't, it's like you already got enough free information from him coming <laughs> on the show. You want to learn more about what he has to offer? Go sign up for his whatever he's <laughs> Program, offering. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> man, oh, that's no, the way more, people are. More free, more free. Give us free. <laughs> Look, Amistad, you got to buy something, man. Okay, stop it. <laughs> well, what's funny also is that it's like you know you realize that sincere and myself are also fitness experts. So why don't you go check out what we're doing if you want some more training information? <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know. But that's a, there's a book called Free that predicted that oh, yeah. pretty much all information. And this is like years before all of this started happening. All information is going to be extremely hard to sell because of the internet now. It's it's so cheap to distribute it, right? Like an ebook and so forth. So it's like you basically you're going to have to expect to give away great information for free and make money some other way, some other means. And we're finding that bands have to do that, right? Most of their music, they're not going to make much money off of the record, if any. But they're going to get more people at the live show. They're going to sell more t-shirts. Merchandise, yeah. Yeah, they're going to do more merchandise. Exactly. They have to come up with other creative means. Yeah, pay for uh, you, you know, you uh, give away information and charge for implementation. Right, is uh, right. something that I heard from a marketer recently, and I really like that. Well, that's another example. It's like you mm-hmm. can give away a lot of generic information, but if you want a personalized program, now you're going to have to pay a premium for that. Exactly. And you can be perfectly justified charging a lot for that too, saying, hey, look, I'm really generous with all this information. If you want me to sit around and think about your goals all night long and come up <laughs> with a plan, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're going to pay the piper. Yeah. yeah. I hear that. You hear it, but what are you doing about it? Man? <laughs> <laughs> What's the implementation? Hey, I read my I've been in the fitness industry for as long as you guys have. No, it sounds like sounds longer, man. You've been doing. You've been a personal trainer for 17 years. You said, right? Yeah, yeah, doing that for 17 years. Uh, learned from a lot of the gurus. Well, well, what is what is your is, is, that, is that still is that still your bread and butter right now? What do you do right now? That's that's your biggest income source. Oh, that's paying that's paying for the party, as I like to say. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's supporting everything that I'm doing right now. I'll be getting paid very well to do my my keynote, but it's like, but that's my first keynote, and, oh, and great, the idea is to really move into reaching more people, impacting more lives in that way. And, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting because I'll be speaking to at a corporate event. It's a nonprofit, but the people who are going to be attending, or it, it's more of a corporate event. And, uh, and I'm speaking at a place 
before, an event before, which is a great, I'm very honored to be able to speak there, but, uh, you know, they're, they're covering the hotel room, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, it's cool, but, uh, the, what I'm getting at is, you know, it's difficult. It takes that time. And you talked about this. I mean, I keep referencing your course cause I really love it. I don't even know if you still sell it or not. Oh, I but, sell it. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, st- it, it's a, I sell it and people still buy it. <laughs> I remember the information and I, everything that I can think of, the major points are still relevant today. Create content, you know, and uh, everything that you said on there, and especially about speaking, really developing. That kind of put the idea in my mind that, hey, I need to get out there and reach more people. Because when you talked about, when you talked about like what you can do one on one versus one to a group of people, I mean, it just makes sense. And not only that, is the potential for more income, but also your reach. More people know about you. More people will figure out, uh, uh, will go to your website, sign up to your podcast, subscribe to the podcast. And, uh, that's what it's about, man. It's a popularity game. And, you know, you can't just sit on your computer and, and be successful right. anymore. No, it's, it's, it's important for people to see you in the real world. Yeah. Rather than absolutely. look, you may, you may have a photo of yourself on your website from 10 years ago. <laughs> you know, it, it's important for like, what does he look like right now? What's he doing right now? And you can post clips from YouTube and things like that as well. You know, so the, but, but still, the, the, nothing takes the place of that real world experience. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I met some people and we talked about this before. I met some people who are big online and then, um, you know, when I met them offline, it was a bit different of, and they're, and they're big in terms of girth in person as well. (laughs) (laughs) No, well you, you just think, wow, that guy's got to be really confident and cool and whatever. And then you meet him, you're like, Ah, oh, that that was kind of a weird interaction. Yeah. Oh, you know, you're more like, oh, what a dick. No, I'm just gonna be honest. I've been there something like, damn, I wish I hadn't met you now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you start seeing him on Facebook, whatever. And you just roll your eyes, like, man, and everybody's praising him, like, God, if you only knew. I can't tell you how many people that I mean, I've had that experience myself, and I know a lot of other people that have hosted courses for people, and they're like, man, I was a big fan of him until I hosted that course, and then exactly. and then I had to deal with him in person for three days. <laughs> it's like ruined the whole thing. It's like I can't even look at his books anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear a funny story? I went to Ian King's boot camp like 1999. No, actually, it probably is early 2000s, I'm thinking. Uh, 1999, 2000, 2001, sometime in there. And Ian busted my balls because I had – and Alan Cosgrove was there like before he blew up. And cool. Ian was mm-hmm. busting my balls because I was – because I talk like a surfer, dude, even though I was on the, the East Coast. <laughs> I've never been on a surfboard in my life. Never seen like yeah, big and you're waves. You're like, well, well, looky, and at least people can understand me when I talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but I appreciate him. He, he, was, he was a good guy, but, uh, you know, it was, it was a bit different. You know who I've been talking to a lot lately is Charles Staley. <laughs> You got you guys. Uh, <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> oh, no, just uh, you know, I I uh, had him on the show, and 
you know, Charles is Charles is. I don't know what you guys think about. Well, I mean, Charles. here's here's my take on Charles. You know, I've I've known Charles for a while, and he he has a lot of good material. We had him on our show. I think it was the first year in yeah. the business, yep. and, and he was very honest about how he went through a tough time in his life, and he he lost a ton of money to his wife who had gambling addictions, mm-hmm. and he he talked about how there were there were some obligations where he inadvertently screwed people over, where he got paid in advance and he didn't show up because he was in such a dire situation, and and, and that's great to. To, ha- to have a full disclosure over all of that, but then you got to make reparations as well. Exactly. And a, a oh, lot of people like he well, has it. Well, I don't feel like he has, and I know he oh. has it. You know? Oh, right. Okay. Gotcha. And the reason why is because people emailed me who were on the receiving end. Yeah, exactly. Of not getting the reparations, oh. and this, these are people telling me like, "Man, I listened to that episode, and you know, he still owes me this money for this." And and then I would get another email, it's like, you know, fuck that guy, he still owes me money for this. Yeah. And I was I was like, this situation sucks, you know, because right. my experiences with Charles personally has always been good. And he's always been very complimentary of me, and I've I've learned a lot over him actually a yeah. lot from him. His ED two ED two book is fantastic. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He's, he's he's actually very complimentary of the show and all that. Mm-hmm. And so I I felt kind of bad, but but at the, as, as someone who's been screwed over by other people too, you know, there's people out there who owe me who owe me money as well that are never right. going to pay it back. It really pisses you off, <laughs> you know. Right. So I understand. You can, you can empathize with them, out. you know. Yeah. They don't want to hear about your comeback when you're not doing anything to pay them back. Yeah, they're, they're more like, yeah, I hear about your comeback, but you never came back and paid me. You know, that's the thing about it, man. So now, to be fair, this, a, like, this, to be fair, this is a couple it's, years. It's been a couple years, so we don't know what's happened yeah. now. You know, but again, well, I haven't had that conversation with them, but uh, you know, I, we had just gone back and forth a few times and I was just, you know, it's not like we hang out all the time, but I did meet him when I was in Phoenix for a, uh, for a conference, actually like a marketing conference. And uh, no, it was just, it's just kind of crazy. I mean, for you, Mike, you've been doing this for a long time. You too sincere. And uh, uh, you know, meeting the guy, cause I've met Charles at the Swiss symposium, the, uh, Society for Weight Training Injury Symposium, the first time it was ever, either the first or the second time, I can't even remember, but I met him there. Ed Cohn was there. Uh, he was a champion powerlifter, like the number one guy at the time for powerlifting. Um, you know, and then just catching up with people, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, that's the power of like this media, the world that we live in right now. Um, sorry to hear about the, the thing with Charles though. Oh, you don't have to apologize to us. We, he didn't screw us. <laughs> He's just. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, and screwed me over either. I, I didn't, I, you know, it just came out of love. I didn't uh, realize that when you brought it up. Yeah. Did we lose Mike? <laughs> yeah, Mike. <laughs> Gone. That happens every <laughs> once in a while, huh? Yeah, dogs may have started. Skype doesn't like me. Mike sometimes. <clears throat> exactly. So, yeah, man. So, uh, you know. Well, I guess, man, we can stop right there. So I guess let everybody know, like, what else you got going on, man, before we head out and, you know, where they can catch more information about you. Yeah. Well, you can if you what what we talked about today, I don't know, we kind of went all over the place and talked about <laughs> a lot. But it, if you'd like to hear more about what I'm doing and, and hear some really cool content, I, I've got some great guests that you've been on my show sincere. Mike's been on the show a couple of times and uh, you can find me out at legendary dot com. It's the best place to figure out uh, to find out what I'm up to and, and to go listen to some of the episodes. Awesome, man. Well, hey, man, we we're glad to have you back on and catch up and see what's been going on with you since the last time we talked. And um, yeah, man. So 
you know, doors always open. Love to have you back on later on down the line, especially, you know, after talk more about what's going on with your business as far as the keynote speaking and and also also with your foundation, you know, with the Be the Change movement and all that and just see how that's progressed as well. So just keep us keep us yeah. updated, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh yeah. So, man, are you really going to air a two hour podcast? We can do what the hell we want. We don't care. <laughs> If it's two hours, one hour, it. thirty minutes, we. T- Here's the thing about it, man. When you've established, well, well, we'll cut, we'll cut out most of the parts where you're talking, and we can get down to like, like forty-five minutes. Or so. <laughs> no, I mean it doesn't but matter there, if it's two no hours rules, or an hour. If it's, if, if it's, if it's, content, if it's if, exactly. If it's, we, we, honestly, Ted, we wouldn't, we wouldn't even, be, even have kept going if it wasn't interesting. You know, so it's <laughs> if it's interesting for us, it'll be interesting for listeners. Exactly. Man. All right, so and and Mike, I promise. We don't go with these podcast rules and everybody with their little 30 minute shows or keep it under an hour. And, you know, where half of that spent talking about their advertisers or whatever. Screw that. We don't like yeah, we, 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 we don't do rules like you, Ted, where, you know, no, no profanity allowed and, you know, things of that <laughs> no, nature. Fuck that. <laughs> fuck that, Ted. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to cuss a lot. Then I stopped. You're right. But, uh, you know, this- I just, yeah, I did on this show and, and, and I do in my personal life. I just, uh, you know, I heard myself cussing and i was like i just uh you know it's not for just for me it's the people who may come uh as a result of hearing about the jimmy rice foundation so um you know i don't want to say that i'm like pretending to not be me but if if not saying you know is saying fuck shit you know all the words that come out of my mouth occasionally when i talk to my friends depending on who i'm talking to is that really me not being me um, you know, and well, uh, at, at the same time, though, if someone is so uptight that that deters them from supporting such a great organization as the Jimmy yeah. Rice Foundation, they probably wouldn't they, support how, it anyway. How, buddy. how serious were they? It's like, exactly. you know what? I was ready to put my credit card out and then Ted dropped the F bomb. That, that really so offended me. That. You know, like, come on. Why well, could be a people, gr- people, people, people that are, is bigger than the word. Okay. You know, the people that are offended easily are also people that that don't act easily. You know, they're too busy being offended to. To take any positive action. Exactly. You know what? You bring up a good point, and I feel that way. But, uh, you know, a lot of people do get caught up with that because they need to elevate your, their mindset and, and get mad about the things that are really important in their lives, like sitting on their ass too much, not taking care of themselves, not being stand a stand-up person for their family. But – you know, that's uh, that's what we're dealing with out there. They need, they need to get mad about breaking chairs every time they sit down. You know, they should be more offended by that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's more costly. It's like, <laughs> like, man, I'm tired of having to replace furniture. <laughs> oh, that's fucked up. But funny as well. We're good, man. We're good, man. Yeah, man. Great having you. Great talking to you. Keep up all the great. Absolutely. All right, All right, yeah. Thanks for having me back on, and looking forward to connecting again soon. All right, man. Yeah, take me, care. me. You know, if you want to do an episode where we just talk about one topic, then uh, stay on course, buddy. <laughs> we'll you know what? Later. I'll tell you what. Next time I come on, I'm only going to bring up uh, training if I've been doing like squatting and deadlifting and bench pressing. <laughs> well, Otherwise, is, you may not be back on if that's the case. But that sounds pretty boring. <laughs> that's no, not very well, exciting. <laughs> No, well, Mike was, uh, you know, Mike's like, well, I've done that bodyweight training. I come back to deadlifts, period. <laughs> Next subject. <laughs> no, I'm not saying and that's not all I do. I'm just saying the basics. You always come back to the basics at some point, which is upper body press, upper body pull, lower body press, lower body pull, torso work, 
conditioning, sprinting, whatever, whatever the medium may be. You just can't beat the basics. So you end up, you, you can try all these other mediums, which have some benefit that you may take back to the basics, but you always end up back at the basics is my experience. Yep. Yeah, I hear you, Mike, but I have to give you a hard time as well. Well, you don't have to. We can cut that part out of the episode. <laughs> you, you can you can say whatever you want. We I mean we we've cut out. Maybe this, this is kind of the after show right here. Anyway, it's not going to make it on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. cool. Great talking to you. All right, guys. Have a good one. Yeah. Take care. You too. Thank you. Take care. And that's Thanks. our friend Ted Rice. Check, make sure to check out the Jimmy Rice Foundation. If you just type in Jimmy Rice Foundation in Google or go to JimmyRice.org, fantastic organization, great cause, one one that we both support. So make sure to check that out. And then you can check out Ted's podcast, his website, Be the Change, all the cool things he's working on. And make sure to check us out too by using that coupon code LLA over at MikeMahler.com. You get 10% off my new Adrenal Energizer Red. Best testosterone booster ever, ASTP, TTB, EC, my estrogen blocker, and then recover oil to give you some great sleep at night. Use that coupon code LLA at MikeMahler.com. And how about with you, man? And over at NewWarriorTraining.com, same coupon code. Use that same discount, and you can get that with my DVD over there for bodyweight training that Ted was bringing up. You should look at some of those animal movements that he was bringing up as well. So if you're really into that, hey, this DVD can really help you with that. And it also comes with a program, 12-week program to get you started as well. So you have that. You have my weight management program. You also have, for all you coffee lovers out there and tea lovers out there, you have the pour-over Chiria doors that I have there as well. As well as some other things, ebooks, all that good stuff. So at newwarriortraining.com. And also, head over to patreon.com slash LLA podcast, become a monthly supporter of the show. And we would truly appreciate that. And big shouts out to all of you that have already done that. So go to the little box that, where it has the $1. Take that, make it five. Yeah, or make it more. Any of that helps the show keep going and growing, folks. And last but not least, you can go on to iTunes and Stitcher, rate and review the show, and then from there, share it with everybody that's on your list on social media so we can actually put some good use to social media besides all the glute selfie people out there. <laughs> <laughs> so we can do it with that. So, all right, folks. So we'll take any of those things that all helps the show, and you all do your part. We do our part. We all work together with this. All right. So, hey, that's going to wrap it up for this week. We'll catch each and every one of you on the next show. Take care, everybody. Take care, everyone.